Magic Without Fears Hermetic Podcast. I'm your host, Frater R.C. For more and exclusive episodes, visit magicwithoutfears.com. Thank you for your support. All right. Welcome to Magic Without Fears. Yeah. Um, no, um, most academic scholars of, of uh, esotericism are not practitioners. And even today, you would be at risk of admitting that you are way less so today than when I first got involved with the academic side in 2004, when I went to the ASE conference in East Lansing, Michigan. And uh, there you like there, there was open mockery of anyone who practiced uh, these things. At the same time, when word got out that I might be a practitioner, I couldn't stop people from buying me drinks all night and asking to hear stories of my experience. <laughs> um, so, you know, and after a few rusty nails, you, you tend to open up a little bit. I was only, uh, I, the, the Golden Dawn Temple Tehuti that I ran um, had only just closed down the year before. So I was still very conditioned to not speak about such things. So I obviously didn't say much to anyone, um, especially as I was there getting into my PhD program with Nicholas Goodrick Clark. Um, I didn't want to like ruin my chances by uh, coming off like a total, uh, uh, what's the word for a, oh, uh, I don't know, what would you call a practitioner? Uh, I guess a heretic, you know. A, <laughs> uh, right, yeah, because it goes against other people's set experiences, well, perhaps. You know, academics have no problem with, well, they don't really have a problem with, uh, they have They have a problem, you know, if, if you say you talk to spirits and angels, that's a problem. <laughs> but if you say that, yeah. that but if you, uh, but they have no problem with, you know, you cannibalizing God's body, you know, and drinking his blood oh and that, that gives you everlasting life like of course it does of course that gives you everlasting <laughs> life. like it's just as crazy as as any other belief. you know you dude yeah no you're, you're preaching to the choir over here man that was what got me into magic from the get-go i'm like what are these people talking about what are these experiences that has made this so detrimental to these people's lives to change culture and civilization as we know it that's why like magic took me down that road to begin with because i was just i needed to have the experience for myself and it's it's dude, i mean it's definitely life-changing it shatters every reality that you ever thought was and i mean I, i've had that happen it still happens time and time again you know you think that you know things really and it you the more you delve in the deeper you get into this this path it just breaks open these barriers for you and completely shatters what you thought you knew <laughs> because the only way you're going to understand the, I mean, even the academic side of it is through experience. In my opinion, that's, I mean, I, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a, an academic, you know, an academic. I mean, I am in the sense that I do read these books and I try to get on a, a further understanding, but I also understand that most of these books and grimoires are people's journals that they wrote and they made for their own experiences. And that's all I was trying to aim for at the time was like, Hey, you know, I, I need to know this stuff. <laughs> you know what, what, what's it going to do? Kill me. <laughs> yeah. When, uh, when did you really start practicing and, and what sort of does your practice look like these days? Oh, dude, God, that is, such... <laughs> you know, you're all um, podcast, right? <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh fuck yeah, yeah, yeah. No, all right. No, I know, man. Come on, I've heard. I've 
this is this is one of the podcasts that started me back into um fully understanding and then our interactions back with one another you know because uh, i went through a, a long dark night and uh okay so basically it all started back in high school back when i was about 16 grew up with a baptist mom that was uh you know, I, I had that rebellious age where um, I was just wanting to burn shit down and like, you know, just completely fuck up and let's do drugs. And, you know, I was just, I was looking to just be a miscreant basically. And, um, you know, my mom would always be like, well, I'm going to pray for you because, you know, blah, 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 you're going to burn. I was just like, well, fuck, I hope so. Like, <laughs> I don't want to, I don't want to bow down before any kind of God that's not going to like, approve of me just trying to live my life or express myself. So um, that kind of turned me, I would never say that I was an atheist because deep down, even since childhood or like even in my cradle, dude, I still remember vivid dreams from my cradle of this invisible force that would always pull me back in, like almost very protective. Um, so I, I was never, I would never say that I was atheist. I would say that that point of view that my mom was trying to put on me was kind of like, I turned maybe agnostic. I don't know what the right word would be for it. I believed in something. I knew that something was always there. Um, that eventually turned me on to like, uh, I was hanging out with a Wiccan girl at the time. And like, I was like, well, you know, she's into this. Maybe I should look more into it. And then that turned me a bit more into Aleister Crowley. And then it pretty much all started with Crawley, dude, you know, <laughs> yeah, like it, it pretty much all started with Crawley and uh, reading his stuff was very obscure. And looking back from what I know now, I was like, why, why the hell did I start with this guy? Like, I mean, it took me about, you know, a few years to really just understand what the hell he was talking about. Okay. Now, my first authentic experience, I would say with magic where shit actually hit the fan and changed my perception of reality would be um, a blood ritual for um, my own initiation rite as a magi with uh, a couple of circle friends that I knew around at the time and uh, my ex-girlfriend at that time. And we had done a self-initiation rite for me becoming a magi. And um, I basically gave my blood for the art, becoming one with the elements. And the very next day was Easter Sunday and go, you know, so I was like, okay, it's time to go to church. <laughs> it's time to go to Catholic church. Right. And, uh, I just remember going to church and, um, I was there listening to the priest and the priest uh, was saying what he needed to say. This was long time ago. I don't remember the exact words, but I remember a thundercloud coming over the church and just kind of like, just interrupting everything he was trying to say. And, um, basically he stopped reading from the book from whatever he was meant to read that day and he was like okay what jesus christ has come to do he has come to do it is up to you now to earn your own salvation and to do things the way that you need to for your own sakes basically is what he was saying and at that time that's what i needed to hear personally as a magi because that's that's i was like okay so what i'm doing is right basically at that time that's what i got out of it you know but i went out after the after the church after the ceremony it ended after the mass let out i walked outside and i wanted to talk to him 
because I know that he knew something happened there with the with the clouds and I could just the, the energy was it was it was strange. It was different. It was uh, something I wasn't yeah. particularly used to. OK. Yeah. And um, so I want to talk to him. He ended up walking up to me and then he asked me, what is it that I study? And I told him I study Magi and then he threw his arm around me and he was like, all right, brother. And I was just like blown like what? Because <laughs> I didn't know what the fuck I'm doing, well, you know, like wave waving shit. Like I was at that time, I was I was grasping for straws. So your your Baptist preacher, sort of. Uh, uh, this val- was Catholic. The val- Catholic, your Catholic, uh, validated your uh, blood magic ritual. No, no, not that. I didn't tell him about the blood um, magic ritual at all. No, but at all the results validated. The right. Ritual. Most so, definitely. You were having fun, yeah. It's it's, uh, (laughs) so funny how many people end up uh, get led to Crowley through Wicca. (laughs) Dude, no shit. It really didn't. I mean, this was the '90s. You're familiar with the '90s? Well, yeah, in the early '90s, Wicca led me. uh, Crowley led me to Wicca, actually. Yeah. Yeah, Charles Gardner and everything, and how they made that whole thing. Yeah, I was reading about Crowley in grade eight for a. Uh, we had to, we all had to write a biography on someone, and I was hoping to shock the teachers, but they were all yeah. they're all anthroposophists and, and study Rudolf Steiner, so they knew more about Crowley than I did, you know, which was a little weird to, uh, to nice. realize when you know. So yeah, but yeah, yeah, I did. Wicca was a, Wicca was more up my alley than Crowley. Because I was doing his bio, my introduction to him was writing a biography about him. So I was reading the confessions and reading stuff about him, everything I could get from the local library, which was quite a bit of things, including a book written by his alleged son, not really his son, this guy, <clears throat> Amado. <laughs> yeah, this guy named Amado Crowley wrote a book as if he was his son. And obviously, I thought it was true at the time. And he talks about seeing Gerald Gardner and as a kid discussing magic with Crowley. But, you know, years later, I found out when the internet became a thing that that, that that was obviously fake and you know but there was no way to know in the early 90s or the mid 90s you wouldn't know there's no way to check in on that sort of thing um no. so that was pretty that's pretty funny <laughs> but, but i was i was i was writing his biography so i was reading about his life and a lot of that was uh his relationships and the even i remember even as a 13 year old i was like this i don't think this dude is treating the way women the way we're supposed to I wasn't sure though, because I was so young and 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 not active in the romance department at all, at all. <laughs> um, no, you know the girls in my class were not going for a, a goth kid with long and black hair who sat spent every lunch hour sitting in the corner reading Anne Rice. I know, shocking, shocking, shocking. Dude, I did the same shit in high school, and that's and honestly, to tell you the truth, like I had girls that were interested, but I had no interest at all. They'd be like, "Hi, Gary." I was like what's up like dude yeah. i was completely oblivious honestly. yeah that happened more grade nine grade ten when girls started getting interested in me but i didn't notice um yeah <laughs> Same like this french exchange student was at my house and we were doing tarot and she kept like you know touching my leg with her foot and i just kept moving further back because i was like oh she doesn't have to sit down like i didn't know what was going on i was i was serious about the tarot and so was she so I was, right this is a good thing you know maybe my my all male coven can get another member. You know, Jesus Christ, magic man. I wasn't oblivious. 
Yeah, also, yeah, no, I'm not interested. My, it wasn't a priority. Though I Dude, guess it would yeah. have been a priority if I had understood what I could do, what could happen, like how to date someone, how to, you know, either, I had no father, so, you know. Oh, shit, I'm sorry to hear. But yeah, no, that, that, that can make sense. Um, my, my whole thing was I just wasn't interested as well. I was more concerned about self-growth and um, just trying to figure out who, what the hell I am personally, you know that that spent that that took me a lot of time so yeah <laughs> um practice wise what's the symbol behind you for the 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 viewers at home for those oh, watching on youtube rather than listening on that's the uh that's lux for <laughs> that's the light bringer that's loose for the uh leviathan or the ouroboros wrapped around themselves you know swallowing its tail for infinity What's your uh, thought on the whole uh, Luciferianism? Oh, my God. My own personal gnosis or my thought on what's going on in the scene? Because that's a loaded question. <laughs> um, you know, take it as you wish. All right. All right. Um, what, what interest, tell, say, tell us what interests you the most. What's, uh, what, what, what lights your fire? All right. So uh, Luciferian... Because I don't use that symbol. Like I, 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 I understand the role of Lucifer as a grimoireist, you know. Um, right. But, but I'm, but I'm, you know, I'm a, I'm a Christian. Um, Dude, I and I claim so, like I so I, I don't, still go I don't my put those symbols like on my wall aesthetically, for example. Like that's where my crucifix goes, where your Lucifer goes, you know. And to um, me, and like Freighter, to me, it's the same thing. Well. It's, this is where it gets misleading to some people. They they see the crucifix and they assume like you don't understand the darkness because all you do is look at the light. But that's that's cute. That's not you know. I mean, we've been over this. I went over this with Anima Nuara, and uh, that oh was yeah, a good one. That, that was interesting. She like <laughs> as far as a serious left hand path practitioner goes. Well, you can't ask for much more than one of EA Quetting's ex-girlfriends. That's, 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 that's one box checked. Um, is, is, <laughs> like, how serious are they? Is this person? Well, huh. And, you know, um, and, and two, um, I needed, so I need, I, I was praying that it, and she came to me. Um, I was praying, yeah. you know, cause I bait people on Instagram when they talk about the left-hand path, especially when they say things that applies equally to the so-called right-hand path. Dude, I mean, that's where I'm at, it's right? Like, they just like, it's, yeah. and, you know, like, yeah, they really do. You and know. like, uh, I get it. <laughs> um, I am not a Luciferian in a satanic aspect at all. As a matter of fact, I see Samael and Lucifer as like Horus and Set. Okay. And that being like, I mean, one is light, one is dark. Um, I mean, that's just how I personally perceive it. That's how it's been revealed to me. Uh, and um, yeah. <laughs> and, and my personal um, job, I get in our duty as a Magi is to bring both together in balance. I am to bring both light and dark to become one. I work with angels. I work with demons. 
what can be essentially considered demons. I like to call them daemons, spirits. I don't like to use really any kind of like derogative terms. And I mean, there are demons. There are things that like completely fuck with us, especially as magicians, you know, that get into our energy fields and that we have to like work with and balance out and kind of like, you know, banish from time to time if it doesn't serve us. But I mean, um, as far as Lucifer goes to me, Lucifer is the light. To me, Lucifer is also the same thing as Christ. To me, Lucifer is Christ, light, consciousness itself, like uh, Krishna. Um, this this blinding light, like, I mean, when, look, Christ to me is all, really, okay? And um, when Lucifer came through, when the darkness came in and that's a whole, whole <laughs> we could go on to that too. Cause I mean, I was speaking to you about my daily rituals when I was getting back into practicing magic, we were going back and forth on messenger for the longest time. And I was asking yeah. for, you know, um, uh, greater invocations of the daily, the daily art, you know, the daily angel. And you gave me, gave me a list, like, uh, you gave me a, <laughs> You gave me the the angel that was corresponded to the name of the god that I used for the greater hexagram of the uh, the greater hexagram. Okay, and I, I I'll take I, your word for it. No, dude, you did. <laughs> you did this guy, look at this. I help a you lot did. of people, man. I know you do. I know you do. But you definitely helped out my practice a lot. I'm really glad. And that's really that's really what changed my whole outlook on everything man because oh, i'm jumping to some storytelling time okay <laughs> i'm just glad to hear i'm bringing christians closer to lucifer <laughs> it's cute right it's cute and uh, you know when i see all these people's posts and things like that too it, it's funny like we're all given our own personal gnosis we're all given our own personal things you know like we but you know what this art there's one thing that this art this uh this thing has taught me man it's like we really don't know shit and we're constantly figuring out how less we really know about a lot of it. Cause I would laugh at this too. If I were to hear myself about three or four years ago. All right. And um, yeah, I really would. I really would. But when you're actually in the circle and you're speaking to this, it's and you feel it in the depths of you. Then you get synchronicities after synchronicities. Um, it, you know what, you just go with it. You just go with it. You realize, man, like, I'm not going to resist this. And if anything, to me, the dark and the light are the same thing. It's the Ein Sulf. It's something we can't really understand. All right. And it's beyond our comprehension, really. And um, that's what it taught me. But, I mean, back back to the whole, the, the greater hexagram where you helped me out. All right. Um, this is, this is, this was interesting. Um so I was I was doing a lot of uh, daily invocations from the Heptameron for the Latin invocations using the greater hexagram of the ritual and the supreme invocation of the pentagram, pulling in the daily energies, like the daily archangels, and just getting massive visions, downloads, sigils, dream symbols, things like that. And um, the more and more I kept doing it, the place just started flooding with flies. All right. Like my, the, the place where I was at was starting to flood with flies. And I'm talking, I'm not talking about like, you know, we had like, you know, 10 or 12. I'm talking about like, no, I had to put up some fucking fly tape to catch these motherfuckers. All right. <laughs> like, 
it was Breaking Bad style. Dude, yeah. Remember it was, that episode? It was... It's live? What a <laughs> episode. Yeah, bro. It was intense. It was very intense. And um, this this is one of the experiences that just shattered what I what I had as reality because I became abundantly clear that um something was breaking in something was trying to speak with me and um, I was dating somebody at the time and they had uh they had heard like burr, 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 like this right you know that's you know, spirits talk to you sometimes right. And uh, she had just gotten like a, a vision of a fly, right? And so, you know, apparently Belzebub was trying to get in touch with me. And um, so I, I didn't want anything to do with Belzebub. I was like, oh, that's evil. That's the darkness. That's like, that's everything that's fucking against what, you know, because at that time, man, I'm like, you know, pretty in- <laughs> I didn't, I didn't see Beelzebub as a, as a good spirit or whatever the hell, you know, how, how, how I didn't perceive it correctly looking back, you know, I saw something negative, something dark. I didn't do my history my research, whatever, but I sat down eventually with this spirit I busted out the, um, I had this Goetia mat, but it has the circle with all the, you know, all the spheres of, um, the Kabbalah within it with the triangle and, um, I actually, when that came in the mail, I sat down and like opened up to this energy. And um, basically it just was like, you know, hey, we welcome your light into the dark. And then when I had like done the dismissal, this was about a year and a half ago or something. I'd done the dismissal. I, you know, I said, you know, you are free to go in the name of Christ. And this did this energy in particular, my relationship with it anyway, he was like, Oh, it burns. Oh no. Like, <laughs> and I was like, you know, it was in a funny kind of like funny manner. Like, you know, it's just, it was very, <laughs> very chilled out. Very like, um, just, it, it basically told me, I really don't know shit about what I'm doing <laughs> at the time. You know, and uh, it really opened me up to a lot. And prior to that, during the Heptameron rituals, pulling in the through the greater hexagram, um, Samael appeared to me. And I mean, my ascendant sign is Aries. So that opened up certain things through reading the Picatrix and finding about, you know, your HGA and looking at, you know, what your ascendant sign is and how important that is to um, energies that speak with you. Cause always been drawn to set to Samael to energies that were kind of rebellious, but at the same time also served the light. Like they were like, dude, we have a choice. And that I have no idea, was- no idea what you're talking about. I only have a, my ascendant is, is Scorpio. So I don't even understand this dark stuff at all. No, no, I do. I do. Of course. I was it's like so this guy, look at you. I can see that you're joking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so that that opened me up. Yeah, our ascendants to... are uh, powerful. Um, I found mine to be a bit more of a curse, though, uh, you know, than a blessing. But maybe I just don't fully understand it yet. Who knows? Now you got me curious. You want to go into that? Well, if you have a Scorpio ascendant, but your Sun, Mars, and Mercury are all in Aquarius you're definitely going to be misunderstood like heavily. I'm, and, and my, my ascendance first degree is zero degree Scorpio. So that's super hardcore. And it's, it means that, you know, a lot, you're going to be misunderstood. People are going to, 
assume you are more like a Scorpio than an Aquarius, but you're not, right? So if you, if you treat someone as though they're a Scorpio and appeal to them the way you'd appeal to a Scorpio, it's not going to work with an Aquarius. Like, like, we're not like that. You know, Aquarians are humanitarians. We're really into giving to the world, into self-sacrifice. Um, we're not into like keeping secrets just to empower ourselves. Like, <laughs> like that's all Scorpio stuff. Um, but it, it doesn't jive with me at all. But I, I come off that way apparently and always have, you know, because the Ascendant does govern a lot of our externalities. So I'm into the aesthetics and uh, of, of the Scorpio darkness and uh sexiness and and the secrecy and all the mysticism <laughs> but it doesn't none of that stuff actually plants in my son in my soul in my son right um yeah or in mercury sense. or in mars so it doesn't even show up in my behavior my actions or my thoughts right it no doesn't i like, no, yeah, i would have never guessed that with you either Frater. honestly you wouldn't have guessed um, what I wouldn't have guessed that people would assume this of you unless they don't know you. Yeah, you've well, that's yeah, how, first impressions, right? You know, first impressions, you know. Yeah, this is bullshit. <laughs> um, it's just—it's it, it been an interesting, you know. It's an interesting. Uh, it's an interesting thing to have as an, as an ascendant. Aries is a is a fun one as an ascendant. Like, I I, I bet that has something to do with your uh, your uh, fitness routine. Because Bro. I, you know, half, half the videos are you lifting heavy things and putting them back down. Uh, yeah. to quote my favorite comedian Dylan Moran without moving them anywhere. <laughs> you know, and as he says, that it. seems a little dim at first glance. You lift up the heavy Dude. thing and then you put it right down and you didn't move it anywhere. A little dim. <laughs> he was talking about Schwarzenegger in that bit. I love it. I love in his it. underpants. Uh, I love it. And then no, he's it like, makes perfect that's sense. how we decided that's the guy who should run our state and our water rates and income inequality and, you know, <laughs> be the governor. Right. The guy who lifts heavy things all, in his underpants. All aesthetics, right. It's very inspiring to see your 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 commitment to your uh, fitness routine and workout routine and, and all that stuff. Yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. That changed, yeah. That changed yeah, You got life. the guns, right? You got the guns? Oh, you know, hey, you know. Yeah, yeah. If, don't, if they don't aren't on your Instagram, they don't understand. Like those are those are those are crazy guns. Yeah, but it's power to dude, you, that changed yeah. that changed my life, honestly. Um, really, tell me know, about that. Uh, Working out, so you didn't always you weren't always a, a fitness buff. No, no, hell no. Oh, fucking tell Not me what's man, dude. Oh, okay. Um, so basically, after a long, huge dark night of the soul of me getting lost to drugs and that's a whole story unto itself but i mean i basically spent about 10 12 years being just completely um self-loathing stuck in a, a huge meth cycle um speed whatever dude i mean i was um, prescribed adderall um after all of that and finally, after the dust had settled, because I had some few minor setbacks, too, with my dad passing away and me going back into those previous patterns. Um, I just had a dream, dude, one night, man, because, I mean, I was fat, dude. I was like 320 plus pounds. Um, I mean, and it's funny, too, you think meth head, right? You'd be skinny as shit right now. Let me tell you something. Like, when you do those drugs for as, 
as I would do them, I would do them and I would crash out. My body would just crash out and it would just have enough. I would do them so much that I would stay up for a few weeks and then go raid the fridge and then just go back to sleep. You know, that doesn't, <laughs> that doesn't mean that you're going to get skinny doing that shit. No, like I packed on a lot of weight. Um, I was constantly always trying to get off it too towards the end there. And um, basically after all of that, after all that whole mess that I had with that whole addiction, uh, I just, I had about nine months, you know, I was, living, I was living with my mom at the time after my dad had passed away and I just kept dreaming. I just kept sleeping, dreaming, thinking about the last time I was really happy, man. And the last time that I was really happy I was in high school. I was thin. I was working out a lot. I was eating healthy. I was doing right. And I was like, well, what's you going to do to get back there, motherfucker? What are you going to do? You know? And I was like, well, you're going to do something because this shit isn't going to change. You're not, you're not going to change. This, this is going to continue to bother you. All right. So do something, bring out that Mars energy and fucking make that shit active, dude. So I got a, a gym membership to Planet Fitness, and it started off very slow. It um, started off with me doing a lot of cardio in the beginning. Um, my diet hadn't quite changed to the point where I needed it to. And uh, <laughs> side note, this is what's funny. This is what really changed and to a lot of different – this is what just basically changed my life was my diet, my nutrition. Um I did a ritual, man, back then. And like, you know, dude, when you do magic, man, this shit's just embedded in you. All right? I don't care how fucking far you are along. Like, it could be 10 years later. You still know it. It's still in your blood. Like, it's it's, it's a part of you. All right? And you, you know that. I could tell by the way you just made that face. <laughs> well, you know, I, I, I left a I, – you know, I moved on from one of the largest golden – active functioning golden dawn type temples that's ever been. You know, it's definitely was one, you know, a fully active temple of over 100 people and went from there into academia, you know, more into academia and then music as well. And a lot of people just assumed that, that uh, you know, I'd given up on magic and it was just a fad when I was young. And I never understood mm -hmm. that way of thinking. I'm like, isn't the point of learning all this stuff to take it to the streets and like, you know, see what you can make of your life, you know? And so in 2005, that's what I did when I finished my, my MDiv uh, at UBC. I was like, well, let's see what I can do in the world with everything I've learned up to this point. I'm 25, and you know, so I started uh, the doctorate and uh, started playing music, which I had never really played music before, but I started playing professionally without any real training. You know, so I was shit. I was so bad. Oh my God. Like, <laughs> it's so painful. Like I briefly, I saw a brief VHS clip of my first gig ever and i was like and there was like thousands of people there too because it was a saint patty's day event you know on an outdoor stage type thing downtown and it was like nice. it, was, it was so bad but i just kept doing it uh year in year out uh sucking non-stop and never being invited back to play a second gig at all um, but I, I, you know, I didn't give up and I kept getting better and better because I was, it was trial by fire nonstop. And, you know, I was doing what I could with my knowledge and skills from magic and everything else that I'd learned. And, you know, three years later, I was opening for the Mothers of Invention. So, you know, at North Country Fair. So I like to think like that's, to me, that's still amazing, you know, 
And, you know, know, 10 years later, I was one of them, you know, I was very successful, popular musician in town and playing six nights a week, making, you know, up to 10 grand a month. There is. Hey, dude, that's shit. That's a lot. That's good money. (laughs) Damn. Yeah, that's really, that's some good money. I might have to put um, that so the the tax people don't hear that. (laughs) Fuck it, whatever. I'm glad I don't declare that. Shit. No, that, that dude, that never I happened, man. You were dreaming, bro. That was a, that was just a lucid dream. That's all. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had done a ritual that that day. Um, I guess if I the tax d- people ever come at you, you just be like, "Yo, man, it was a, it was a podcast. Of course, it was bullshit." Bro, like like yeah, Kamala Harris when she's like, "It was a debate. Of course, I was lying. It was a debate yeah. meant to lie." It's like, really. <laughs> It was the ambient like Biden a pedophile or something, and then she's like, "Well, of course I did. It was a debate." It's like, but now you don't think he is, or you don't believe those women anymore? And she's like, "It was a oh god, you guys are so fucked." <laughs> oh yeah, no, it's great. I love. I mean, it. we're fucked too, but like you know, dude, yeah, we're all fucked in our own ways, man. It's how we cope with it, I suppose. You know. But the more we understand these things, the more fucked we guess we realize that we really are. I'm blessed in that aspect because I don't realize how fucked I am. I haven't done the digging. <laughs> but I mean, when I do a little bit of digging and I see what's going on, I'm like, oh, that's great. Terrific. <laughs> but um, yeah, so so back to the, the nutrition and everything. Um, the ritual, basically, I wrote these words of like me just wanting sustenance from spirit, right? You know? kind of like a breath worker might want, you know, so that way I could just decrease my intake of food. All right. So I put that in some water and drank it or whatever with the burnt ashes. And, uh, then all of a sudden I just watched Netflix and this fucking documentary appeared out of nowhere called fat, sick, and nearly dead. All right. And I was like, what the hell is this about? All right. And then he went into depth about juicing, like juicing vegetables and fruit. Now, Prater at that time, uh, fuck vegetables, fruit, whatever. <laughs> like, what if it didn't have pizza or potatoes in it? You could count me the fuck out, all right. But watching this documentary, especially after you know, um, doing that ritual, you know what the rich what these rituals do to your subconscious, your unconscious mind, and things like that. It just it it, it, it makes you think differently. That's what magic's supposed to do anyway. It's supposed to shift your reality and make you see things from a different angle. And um, so I looked, I watched this show, man, and it just, something about it just clicked. I was like, wait a second. This guy had dropped like 70 some odd pounds or whatever. And like, uh, we just went to straight juicing these vegetables. And I was like, okay, that's, I'm interested. Count me in. Fuck it. I'm experimental. Let's go get a juicer. Let's get started getting vest. Let's get kale. Let's get cucumber. Let's do all. And I'm telling you, man, when I first drank the first sip, man, I gagged. Like, fuck, what is this? This is gross. But the cells in my body lit up, like sparked. You know, when you're in deep ritual and you feel the little tingles go up your back and then your hair shoot up on end and shit because you're in touch with whatever, you know. That's how my body felt when the nutrients went into my my cells, into my body. And um, that changed everything. I don't even like I juiced so much during that period of time for about, I would say close to a year during, during an alkaline diet, dude, I had the most 
astral projections, lucid dreams, um, just dude, so many different experiences through that type of weight loss. Like I, when it was all said and done at the end of it, I had dropped 120 pounds and that was, I would, dude, I was, I was thin, you know, but I, it got to the point where I was like, man, I'm too thin. I look like a little bitch. Like, I was like, what's going to happen if I, if I get a girl, right. And like, she could pick my ass up. I'm not going to feel too masculine at that point, man. I was like, I got to switch it up. And so I switched it up and I mean, that eventually led back into more protein, more meats and stuff. And I will say this for all the listeners out there. Alkaline diet involving vegetables, fruits, and a lot more of those raw whole foods is going to feed your subtle body, is going to give you more opt um, experiences with astral projection. Because um, I, I haven't had an astral projection. And I mean, I can, I can astral project while I'm lucid, you know, because I mean, that's just, that's, I'm more in tune with it with that body itself. But I mean, for those who aren't and that are just getting back into it, the alkaline diet through raw whole foods, dude, that shit is, it's, it's on point. It fucking, it, it really makes your body a lot lighter. Um, it really just opens you up to those other dimensions. Like, I, dude, I, I, <laughs> I don't know how to describe it other than, you know, try it, try it for a month, you know, try it for a month. If, if that shit don't, that shit don't fly, then fuck it. Maybe that's not it for you because there's one thing I've learned through getting my certificate in nutrition, getting my certificate in uh, personal training, um, is that everybody's different. We all, we all like one person's diet is not meant for another person's diet. And like a lot of these fad diets are lacking macronutrients for the body, certain people have certain deficiencies within their bodies. And I, I'm pretty sure like, you know what I'm talking about. Cause I've heard your podcast as well. And um, yeah, a friend of mine has something very similar well, where he has to eat meat and things like that. So um, I yeah, mean, I, 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 mean I might have to try like the lion thing at some point, just because uh, just things don't like my symptoms, like, you know, yeah. Like, my like hands are bleeding all the time from psoriasis and stuff. And I try, I've been trying everything for years, you know, and yeah. uh, I, I make little headway here and there, you know, I make, I make sure like, you know, just got, just got my multivitamins again today, you know, take that stuff, take, take the D3, 6,000 IU twice a day, take uh, the zinc and calcium and magnesium before I go to bed. And, uh, you know, might try omega threes for, uh, for the skin at some point again but apparently they're bad for other things when you have multiple issues it's really tricky Ugh. and then there's the fact that like our doctors don't know shit about this stuff right like dude like, do your own research on google bro i'm telling you with these supplements with the dude with these supplements too man there's a certain amount of the actual ingredient that you need in order for it to be effective and the thing is is with a lot of these supplements man it's not fda approved so they go around and they just throw whatever the fuck in there and like you don't know if you're getting the right amount or not and you have to really dig to find out what's the right amount of each mm. one of these for me to get the daily recommended dose. Mm -hmm. 
And that's one thing that's just, it's fucked, especially in the fitness industry, because you could go ahead, dude, with the supplements that we have, especially like with whey protein and the supplements that we have with pre-workouts and shit, you could, you could literally go around and say, this product has been scientifically tested and it's been approved by this lab and this, what dude, muscle tech is one of the hugest ones that I red flag for great reasons, because it's got gold medal here, fucking this over here, that None of that shit matters because none of it is FDA approved. Nobody's done the research and you're basically stamping fucking bullshit on a label. So you can just get your shit sold. Well, that to me is like, dude, this preacher said, if I drink gold water, I'll, I'll be saved. Oh, is that like your, you know, urine showers? (laughs) Don't we sell water with gold in it or something? Um, I think you have less, you have, I think you might have laxer rules than we have in Canada. Um, or maybe it's just the fact that we don't get product. We, you can't, we can't sell products that aren't labeled also in French. So a lot of your products don't make it up here. What? Dude, that's why we have like, we have like 20% of the selection you have in the state because, and a lot of the reason for that is because the companies would have to put French labeling on it as well as English. Oh God. You know? Um, that just dude, that just takes me back to watching episodes of South Park in like the French Canada. <laughs> ring ring. Oh yeah, so good. We love that. I mean, our theaters were packed with the South Park movie. I remember back in the day. We loved that shit, man. Um, plus, it justified us, you know, talking trash about you guys more. Like you guys give an academy <laughs> to blame Canada or whatever. And like you know, you know yeah. we, we got we got the War of eighteen twelve. That song, you know, have you heard it? No. Oh, you want it? So the chorus goes like this: "And it burned, 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 and we're the ones that did it. It burned, burned, burned as the president ran and cried. It burned, 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 and things were very struggle. And the Americans ran and cried like a bunch of little babies. Wow, wow, wow! In the War of eighteen twelve, bum, 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 bum. In eighteen twelve, we were just sitting around." Minding our own business, putting props into the ground. We heard the Yankees coming and we didn't like the sound. So we took a boat to Washington and burned it to the ground. And it goes on and on. It's a great song. That's perfect. Yeah. But Americans <laughs> tend to not like to hear it sung, I've noticed, from gigs. Dude, you know, hey. Even I didn't if we sing Blame Canada first and mash it up. <laughs> Listen, man, I didn't choose where the hell I was going to be incarnated at or who was going to be. You know, like, or maybe I did. Who knows? You know, hey, man, put me down here. <laughs> um, who knows? Move on from the health stuff. What's your take on the collagen stuff? Everyone's into these athletic greens and, and multi-collagen and all of that sort of stuff. And uh, let me get your opinion on that because uh, I have joint issues. Um, but I, And I also don't trust what my doctors say up here. Like right now in Canada, for example my doctors still will tell me celiac disease does not exist, which is their words. It does not exist. But if I then say, can we take a look at my uterus? Cause I might want to have a baby at some point. They legally can't tell me that I don't have a uterus as a, as a female man. <laughs> or whatever. Like, we have these crazy laws now. So if I decide to say something wackadoodle like that, they have to take me seriously because it, it's like if you don't use someone's pronouns in Canada, it's against the law and you can be fined $30,000. What? Wait, no. What? You lost me on that, motherfucker. I don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. What to you say guys need to that. pay more attention to what's going on up in Canada. It's 
It's way more exciting. <laughs> way more exciting than this this uh this you know on, on you know this merry-go-round of Trump and the Clintons and the Bushes that you guys uh, have going on. Like it's yeah, the same was... shit over and over, right? It's great. It's great. Yeah, yeah check out some of the, cra- the the Canadian wackiness now that you guys are, are more familiar with. The trucker thing gave you guys sort of an inroad into understanding our issues, I think. That shit threw me that off, you, man. You guys didn't realize we had quite as many issues as maybe we no. do. Yeah, you guys. Not, were, not, no, not, not at all, up. dude. Like, no, we got we got mm-hmm. issues, man. But we're Canadians, so we just don't talk about it much because, you know. The only way I knew about that was uh, my friend on Facebook, um, Azariel Flame. I don't know if you have him on there, but he yeah, he's a of. he's a yeah, he's a big part of the community that we're all into. That's one thing I've noticed about um, the community we're into is magic. You know, so everybody knows this person, this person, this person. The authors know each other and everything. That's what. But but I saw him posting about that shit about these truckers, and I was like, what the fuck is going on there? Did that did that even happen though? That did did happen, right? Yeah, I, I actually was walking to uh, my friend's house to play D and D when they were leaving Vancouver. And the wind, all the like wine moms and stuff were on the side of the street, giving them the middle finger and cursing them out. And I was like, what is going on? I have no idea. And these women are like, oh, these, these Nazis, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, those, these truckers are like, there's just this line of truck going through downtown, locking up all the roads and causing quite a disturbance in Vancouver as they headed to the East coast. And, and I was, I, I couldn't believe, I was like, really? <laughs> and then someone was like they're protesting the 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 board you know the mandates for the border and the vax mandates for the border i was like oh okay yeah i don't know if that makes you actually a, a nazi but you know. right yeah no shit you know, Dude, that's fuck that's fuck like, man you know that's sort of disrespectful to the people who are still alive not to mention those who are dead who had to deal with real nazis Dude, like, that's nuts you know the hyperbole i mean it's fun but we could back off on it a little bit right maybe yeah no it sounds like we could for sure <laughs> just a scope it's good to, yeah scope. it's good times it's honestly dude it's really good times we're living in man like this all goes back to light and dark too man like um i had become so addicted to the gym at the time before corona hit that my ass was so busy. I would be working all the time, going to the gym, work, gym, work, gym, work, gym, working six days a week, gym, dude. So when Corona fucking hit, man, and the gyms are down, guess what? You don't have a job. I had to sit with my shit. Uh, <laughs> she's not talking about like, I had to sit with my shit. <laughs> all right. And uh, that scared the living fuck out of me. Because it opened up a whole network of shadow that I had to deal with. And when I mean shadow, I'm talking about my thoughts, things that fucked with me, things that kept me awake, things that I hadn't really sat down and listened to within myself because I was, you know, I was using, look, I mean, just mention I've been a drug addict, you know, pretty much huge majority of my life. The gym turned into that drug. Okay. And I mean, it still is to this day. I'll, I can, I can admit that, you know, that's where I go to get my serotonin. That's where I go to get my, my, my feel good drugs. You know, that's where I go. That's what I do. But at that time, I didn't know what to do with myself. 
I I lost my shit, man. Literally lost my shit. Went into a bottle of fucking alcohol on a daily basis, basically. Because guess what? You know, guess what is open, motherfucker? Hey, there's some liquor stores for you. You know what? <laughs> We're here. Fucking great. Are you saying during lockdown? Yes. Yeah. During lockdown. During dude, lockdown opened me up to my own darkness, man. My own, my own shadow, the things I'm trying to avoid within myself, man. The, the holes that I'm trying to fill. And who is it, man? Every last motherfucker on this earth doing this same. Yeah, we, we all have these things, okay? And I, I understand that, you know, and I'm, I'm very receptive of that as well and very understanding of those. But on a personal level, it, it really opened me up to a lot of things that I needed to heal within myself, a lot of things that I needed to change. Okay. And, um, dude, I, I, during that time, I went through, <laughs> I, I mean, I turned full blown alcoholic. When come, then I realized what I was doing, I cold turkey that shit, man. And, <laughs> you know and what funny? I cold, something what? just occurred to me, you know, when normally when you hear about someone who's like had a serious problem with like, things like this like you're talking about like meth not an easy drug to uh kick i'm guessing um no hell no i mean i i i uh, especially when you know how to cook it <laughs> yeah yeah, uh, yeah that's it right <laughs> yeah, um, and that shit's cheap as fuck to cook too let me tell you i'm actually just re-watching breaking bad right now so i, I i'm digging it i dig it um it's such a good show um but it anyway, really is, man. The, what's interesting, I realized, is when you normally, if I hear a normal person talk about their having, you know, gone from being, you know, if someone's like, I was a fat meth head and now I'm now I'm a, you know, buff as fuck. And, uh, <laughs> you know, like, you know, and 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 have nutrition certificates and all this shit. And I'm, you know, if you normally hear that, you're like, wow wow good for you man fucking good for you right like Appreciate well done you. but when i hear someone like you talk about that i'm completely unimpressed when i hear someone who i know is a magician be like yeah i was a meth addict and i was alcoholic but i was like i realized what i was doing so i became a super buff fitness guy and <laughs> turned my life around when i hear a magician say that i'm like that makes sense yeah <laughs> yeah no dude go done. well yeah. done with you it's like yeah of course of course, you're a magician. Of you're course. gonna, you're gonna you fucking change. Shit. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can go many directions, and and uh, you know, programs are not a bad thing, um, but there's also the magical program of self mastery. Yes, you know, and that's that's the one really. And honestly. if you're doing ritual work that requires you to like fast on bread and water and abstain from even masturbating for at least three days before an operation, it's pretty hard to be an addict. <laughs> dude yeah that's true that's you know true. you're like okay i can be an addict from the third to the 15th then <laughs> discipline first to the 26th but the rest of the month i'm booked i can't i can't do it <laughs> um and your dealer's just like yeah, just, want, just, just how much how much like, <laughs> uh, no let me calculate this again i might even have fewer days to be be a meth head um let's see right it doesn't, need that. <laughs> it doesn't work discipline it really just boils down to discipline man and it would honestly that's 
that's another thing about the lifestyle through through magic and through the gym and everything that taught me dude like discipline if there's things going on in your life that you know that you need to change that you know that you need to tweak that you know that you need to work on sit down journal that shit man i've got books that i fucking journal dude like write it down what are you going to do to change that because if you know that there's something wrong in your life and you something that you're unhappy with what you're the magician you're the fucking mad you're the mage what are you gonna fucking do to make that shit happen and like to me doing the magic doing my daily practices doing the things that I do, bringing light to dark and balancing the two in between has changed my life. I know what I need to do. I take the action to do those things. And honestly, I just become better and better person each time. And it, dude, it takes me through, it takes all of us through some shit to get there, you know, but that's, that's what makes it worth it. That's what makes the work, the great work worth it, is that it's going to take you down through chaos, through shit you're not used to, through some very uncomfortable situations for you to get where you need to get. And, you know, and basically boiling it down, left-hand path, right-hand path, whatever fuck path. I don't believe in that shit, man. I got both hands. I, 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 I'm not, fuck, I didn't get an arm chopped off. I'd use both. Well, All it's right. cultural <laughs> appropriation from Snatra, right? You know? Dude, fucking A. There you go. <laughs> Whenever some people are like right-hand path, left-hand path, be like, sorry, I don't know Tantra very well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Just, you know. I'm ambidextrous, let me tell you. But um, if, you, if you're not, if this, if this path isn't changing you for the better and like put, bringing you into being a, being a better person and basically just changing you, then I don't see what, what's the point. What, why are you doing it? That's my biggest question to any practitioner that's out there. What, why are you doing it? Why are you continuing to do it? If you're asking for the same thing on a daily basis, what are you doing to bring that thing into your reality? Because in my experience, that's the only way spirits, um, energy, you're going to bring that into your reality. Even if you don't believe in that, if say, say, you know, you, you believe in the, the deific masks or whatever the hell I say you believe in well you know say you're an atheist magician whatever don't believe in any okay what are you going to do to make that happen all right like it's it's basically this is one thing and I'm not going off on a tangent here I know I'm kind of ranting there's like something that Jason Miller and kind of like Aiden Walker spoke about spirits being the wind behind your cells all right. It's like you do the magic. You ask for these things to come into your reality. And when they see you putting the work in to bring that what you asked for into your reality, that's the spirits are kind of there to push you in that direction. And that's been my experience for sure, man. Whether I mean, whether it be celestial, terrestrial spirits, you know, it's just that's that's what's shaped and changed my life. But I will say on a celestial aspect, when I'm speaking about angels, I do notice a, a difference um, when I'm pulling that energy in versus like a terrestrial spirit. And like, I feel like when I'm pulling in a celestial spirit, I feel so much more fucking drained. Like, like right. just dude, 
you you know you've got to know i mean you've done this for for fucking years i mean when you pull in those angels mm. it's like a, a huge part of you is just getting sucked because you're you're going way out there into into the the, the higher realms to pull that energy in we might be experience. using slightly different techniques maybe maybe yeah. and that'd be i would like yeah. to hear your technique for sure yeah well um i mean i use a variety right i use a mixture of you know scrying in the spirit vision and traveling in the spirit vision of course um and uh i focus more on enochian than than uh than than solomonic um largely due to circumstances these days um and so that's a bit more you know the focus is less on going out um i i mean that's not what i think when i hear you describe going out to the spirits or to celestial entities and feeling drained after yeah i don't know what's going on with that that would take some unpacking maybe um but usually i feel incredibly charged up after these things not drained oh dude after for sure for sure now like, during um, i guess it can be draining i mean there is yeah yes. there's, there's some drain um dude yeah yes like and um, i've come to understand like that's where electrolyte levels come into play <laughs> and through discussing this with a um, uh, with a match with azerial flame uh, he's he's really a good friend of mine um he, he was saying that he had done some research on the electrolyte levels when doing magic and saying if your electrolytes are like completely full, like they're going to be depleted as shit, especially after certain magical rites and ceremonies doing, doing the magic. Interesting. And I was, dude, that shit threw me. Yeah, it was very interesting. So what's the best that? way I to have, get back electrolytes? Um, I think it's not dude. actually Gatorade. No, fuck no. The fact that's, that that's what all the commercials tell us leads me to be suspicious. sugar no it's fucking trash yeah um best way to get electrolytes is anything with like white sugar yeah no <laughs> yeah yeah that'll work go ahead let's do that all right let me, uh, <laughs> let me pause the recording i'll go do that right now right yeah. no um actually potassium um magnesium um anything with a lot of sodium in it like sodium like margarita another Dude, hey, I'm down. <laughs> and that's going to dehydrate your ass. You know, it's like, let's do it. No, you want to be hydrated. You want to be like, and that's another thing that's going to replenish your electrolytes as well. It's um, BCAs in EAAs, you know, essential amino acids also is going to help with that. Um, okay. So, so what would I take? Because, because if I do feel dehydrated, I actually do get a Gatorade. Well, get the like. There's these uh, rehydrating crystal packs. They're like the vitamin C packs, but they're for electrolytes. Like that energy, might work. Like energy that might but, work. Yeah. So I do, well, it's but it's expensive. It's not well. It's not cheap. It's not expensive. It's just not. You know, there's got to be a better way to do it anyway than some like packaged. Like it's so commercial. It, it makes me think it's got to. What's the best way to get electrolytes back in your body when you're depleted? And, and Honestly, put it in layman's terms, because the things you said before, I didn't even know what you're talking about. No, no, I have no basis for understanding that. All right. So I would say like, you know, maybe a potassium, a magnesium supplement, any kind of branch chain amino acid. What's a branch chain amino acid? 
Okay, so a branch chain amino acid is like the essential amino acids, like L-leucine, primarily that goes to your body. Um, that's and how do you get that? You could get that through meat. You could also get that through supplement as well. You like just look for supplements, branch chain. I bet there's some yeah. people out there be like, yeah, let's recharge our electrolytes after ritual. I mean, especially yeah. if you're doing like physically intensive ritual, which uh, I, I'm a big fan of. I'm a big fan of doing like middle pillars in a variety of difficult yoga postures. It's one of my personal. See, yeah, that's that's one thing I need delights. to get back into. Well, a but, lot of what know, we did a lot of uh, like that in our order um, with different forms of holotropic breathing. Like that was nonstop for us for like seven years. Intense holotropic breathing methods uh, and uh, yogic postures were uh, to amplify the middle pillar exercise. We uh, it was very big with us. So uh, yeah, you know. Oh, I love that middle pillar exercise. You can I do really, a lot with really, it, man. You can do a lot with you really, it. Dude, yeah, you, you can. But primarily what it did for me was open up those energy chakras within my body to just align the lower and the higher, bringing in like a whole energy field that's just surrounded by light. And that to me, like, you know, caused this huge shield to um, just kind of be brought into my vision it was it was nice it was really it was really nice because it left me feeling like very light very like buzzing and humming by the end of it you know um yeah so bringing in just kind of it was almost just like breathing in the, the tree of life into your body pretty much is what it's kind of doing yeah yeah yeah. it's a it's a very it's a very self-explanatory ritual plus the best way to know what it does is just to you know do it yeah, yeah. honestly but i do believe that the breathing the breathing technique um upon each mantra that you use upon that holy name and breathing it into each specific energy center that's i think was what make made it for me so effective um because that that's just what opened me up a lot more to the energy centers within my being and kind of brought it all out and expanded my, uh, my energy field. It also left me open to a lot of outside energy too, like whether it be your spirits. Now when I say spirits, I mean, you, you're a spirit. I'm talking about the guy next door that lives next to me. I, that's a spirit. <laughs> Anybody really, man. Cause it just opened me up to a lot more. It made me a lot more empathetic is what i could say because i could feel a lot a lot more energy coming from other people and i could kind of just feel them you know sometimes dude my shields would be so lowered that i could walk right into somebody who was just having a shit show of a day and completely like freak out because i could feel their fucking energy man. and i was like damn what am i going to do about that <laughs> you know, i'm going to need some i'm going to need some other magic here you know to block me off from something else i don't need to absorb this much uh this this much because damn that shit left me pretty open man to be honest with you and i was doing a lot of uh i, was, I think i was doing supreme invoking rituals um the hexagram ritual and i would be doing the middle pillar and i'd be doing the middle pillar throughout the day and it would just open my subtle body up so much that i could feel the energy all around me and i was working at a hotel at the time i could feel the energy from 
the first floor on the second floor all the way up to the third floor and i was just like what the fuck it just it just opened me up i don't know i don't want to say too much maybe but yeah probably too much <laughs> and not to mention you know i would take some shrooms and i'd be doing that job too so <laughs> good times man it's a good job back when i was in florida oh yeah so electrolytes i was at the store before this and you were joking about you know getting high for the podcast which i've done in the past and i know i heard i, you. I decided not to <laughs> i was at the store and next to that store there's a corner store and they sell um mushroom kombucha just down on the beach at this store um psilocybin yeah 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 we have what the fuck yeah it's, but i didn't get it because it's like it's a big mason jar of kombucha with a gram of psilocybin in it um, but it's like 20 bucks. Okay. I was like, yeah. Plus, you know, I'm not really a low dose. Like, I don't mind microdosing mushrooms. That's very helpful. But by microdosing, I mean taking so little, you don't consciously notice it. Right. I mean, like, even like, even if you took a speck, I would consider that a microdose because your body knows it's in you. It's still there. Yeah. Like, it's in your system. Um, it's just a, it's like a homeopathic amount almost, but like, I don't like, I don't like small doses, like one or two grams. It's like it just, cause I don't, I, I don't get into it really. Even if I take like the powerful penis envy ones or whatever, um, it's oh. still, I, you know, I need like three to five grams to really have an experience that's worthwhile. Otherwise it's just a lot of strain on my body for, for not much, not much of an experience. I'm just sort of being one foot in one foot out. It's like, eh, what's yeah, the, what's the point? No. No, as I'm the same way, dude. I'm, I like, you know, and most of my friends who are uh, like my friend Thomas Hatzis, um, he has a book called Microdosing Magic on Amazon, and he's a witch, right? And he's a, a good historian of, of of entheogens and all that. But and I was like, do you do a lot of these rituals? Have you so did you do all these rituals microdosing? And he's like, no. I'm like, really. He's like, yeah, no, I do heroic doses, but the book's still about how to do these rituals. Thing. But yeah, <laughs> most of us who do it, like, no, we're like about the, you know, balls in or all out. That's it. Like, well, what's you gonna but do? you don't want to start off that way. You need to know the terrain you're going into. You need how to know how to flow with it. Otherwise you can be, get really, really messed up. Oh yeah. No, yeah. dude. Yeah. No. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta I had an experience with that. that. Yeah, most definitely. No, but I don't get don't get me wrong. The experience was great. I don't recall these type of mushrooms. They were fucking tiny. All right, it's tiny as shit. I don't do. They were different colors and everything. And come to find out, the guy that sold them ended up going to a psych ward after. Um, but I we <laughs> the girl I was with at the time and me, we were taking so many of these things, dude. That like, um, I ended up starting to freak out. And like, then I saw like a vision of. I call her the bone lady. All right. She's kind of like my ancestor, I guess, through my lineage that just kind of comes into my play and starts like just doing her little, like, you know, I don't know, you know, what I'm, <laughs> but I'm sure we all get that right. Those who practice. And uh, I could feel her like, just kind of like shaking out these shadows that were integrated into my DNA, into my bloodline that I was just like, I felt them kind of like being pushed and more pushed and more pushed away, but they just kept coming in and coming in because of how many shrooms I had taken, man. And I was like, holy fuck, I got to shut this shit down. Like, 
that you, you all the spiders and all the fucking you know <laughs> all the serpents coming in now nah, like that's enough you're good you're good we're good for right now let's shut it down <laughs> and then i shut it down and then like that's when like dude uh colors started coming in the gold the purples the dude and then just like the sigils and it's just everything was symbolic dude and i mean man when these sigils come in you know how they come you're you practice when these sigils come in sometimes especially when you're on those huge doses dude like they're they're fucking intense they're 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 huge and like you know i would love for me to to get meditative enough to the point where i could freeze some of these things so i could like write them down because dude some of the ones that come through i'm just like how the fuck am i going to remember that shit man like <laughs> I'm not, you know, so, like, I mean, some of the spirits that I work with, um, they, they know that. And so the, sometimes they'll come in like today. I had an earlier, you know, I had, um, through doing my daily ritual, I had one come in and then give me a very simple sigil that, you know, to, it's uh, the, I mean, the way that these spirits speak to you, man. It's just like, what the fuck are you trying to tell me? Especially when you're <laughs> those huge doses like that it's like you know that something's coming through and you know when something's on a huge level too because usually the downloads are just that much more intense you know but um and that in that experience man with all the shadows coming through you know I, i i had to surrender to christ and i always do every time and that you know chorus lucifer cry to me it's the same thing i know it's funny to a lot of people too that you know oh fuck that i don't believe in whatever whatever i don't care <laughs> but my own experience you know through time christ i'm just gonna say christ because christ to me has knocked back every fucking thing that ever held me back ever ever i use the word christ come help me man and then i feel that shit just dude it's, it's ko it's fucking sober like, i don't really care what you believe man <laughs> anybody out there like christ to me is everything you know either you want to call that horus krishna whatever lucifer uh, whatever you know whatever christ whatever energy resonates with you that much that has that much power that's going to push back everything that fucks with you that to me is christ all right i, I don't know there's been so many arguments, especially in the occult community about what is this and what is that and what is what not like it's all, it all boils down to personal experience. It all boils down to personal notes. It all boils down to when are you at your absolute fucking worst? When you feel like life cannot push anything more onto you where you're down on your knees, crying out to, to everything that exists you don't even know like you're so lost that you don't even know who to cry out to anymore that to me is christ and that's the same energy that came to me that got me off of meth that got me off of drugs that got me off of everything and to me it's the light to me it's the dark because i went through the fucking dark to find that light you know the 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 poem that starts off who if i cried out would hear me among the angelic orders Hmm. No, a, I don't. It's a good one. You should look it up. It's in uh, Duino Elegia. I don't know how people pronounce it in English. Duino Elegies. Duino. It's it's not how it's written. Duino Elegies. Um, in German, it's Duino Elegia. 
Um, wer, wenn ich schreie, hört mich in der englischen Ordnungen. Jede Eng eine jede Engel ist schrecklich. Yeah, next line, the next line after who would hear me among the German. orders. The next line, well, this is Rilke. The next line is, every angel is terrible. <laughs> yeah. Jede Engel, eine jede Engel ist schrecklich. Schrecklich is more fear, though. Schreck is fear. So schrecklich is like fearful or fear, fear, like the really, I think the sense would be fearifying, but we don't have that. And fearful is not quite accurate in English. It misleads you. So terrible is also not ideal or, but terrifying, that could work. Every angel is terrifying, or, but terrible is good. Just, uh, you know, it's schrecklich. Es ist, es ist schreck, yeah, yeah. Um, you can also say schrecklich means thing when things are going badly, you know, like, uh, how's your how's your uh, marriage going? Schrecklich. Oh, it's just schrecklich. <laughs> schrecklich, yeah. Dude, no, my God. Kauf zu viel. The most, <laughs> the most <laughs> terrifying <laughs> experience. The most terrifying experience I had with an angel well, had to have been Casio uh, on this. The angel was Saturn. Yeah. And to me, that this is death, death. Like, and um, when I sat in the circle or just evoking um, the, the, the energy that filled the room was just so nothing, nothing, nothing. Yeah. There's mm. no, um, you don't feel anything. Like, you know, when somebody close to you has died and you know, that feeling where yeah. there's an emptiness inside of you, that's just like a pit of your being has just been ripped out from you. That's what I felt with that, with that particular angel. Um, and this angel, I mean, it's, uh, it's death. I don't know. You could call it by many different names in many different cultures, you know, um, uh, to, to me, like Azrael and Samael, but they both have aspects of this this death energy. But it's like yeah, yeah, I felt this nothingness, man. And um, <laughs> so you bringing up that 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 terrible <laughs> angel is terrible. Every angel is terrible. <laughs> this it just brought me back to that experience, sitting there in front of death or Saturn. You know, it's just like. Fuck, but you know what, man? One thing I've learned from Saturn in particular, and I know we've gone back over the, the Holy Diamond with uh, you asked for my experience uh, reading that book and get to give you a full uh, it's a full review on uh, Frederick Acker's book on the Holy Diamond because I know he had an experience with uh, with Saturn as well, and his experience was completely different. You know, it's, but everybody's is going to be different depending on who they are. But my experience with Saturn. I gotta say, Frederick, it was liberating because it really gives you an appreciation for life. How the fuck are you gonna know how precious each second and each breath is upon this planet if you don't know how lingering and how looming your life really is with death right above you? And death watches over every single last motherfucker on this planet. <laughs> so, like... By looking and sitting there in front of the face of death, I got to say, it gave me a, an extreme appreciation for life and for the seconds that I have with the ones that are close to me. And I mean, that right there was magic in itself. It taught me how to just really appreciate every moment, to not live in fear, to not be anxious about things that are going to happen in this life. Because you know what? 
every second's a blessing, man. You know, whether you see it as a negative, whether you see it as a positive, whatever, they both balance each other out eventually. Cause you know, you don't know what a positive experience is without having a very shitty one. Preach. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> All right, let's do it. Um, let's do it. Yeah, sure. The bathroom break over. Um, yeah, man. Where where do you live? While we cannot control whether any ads get put in the spots allocated, we thank you for listening to those that do since they help keep this project alive. You can also get ad-free content and bonus content and videos and a private webpage by subscribing exclusively to magicwithoutfears.com for only a couple dollars a week or $6 a month or 50 for the year. It helps a lot, plus you get emails about other exclusive things. Thank you very much. And now, a word from our sponsors. Dude, I moved from Florida to Dallas. Dallas, you're in Texas, man. Cool. Maybe we'll oh. hang out then when I maybe we can hang out when I visit. You know, that's my uh, my next trip. Austin. It, it could be a while before I can get across the border and return. Um, I heard about that. Yeah. Well, I, like I don't want to. I'm not going to get this app that tracks me everywhere and and is basically a social is social credit system in framework like i know we're already on it in canada like i don't have to i say this all the time because people don't realize how close it is but like i don't have to identify myself when i call my bank anymore they can tell it's me by my voice wow (laughs) they don't have to confirm my id it's confirmed as soon as i call in and start speaking that's interesting that's i don't know that's kind of yeah how do you feel about that? Well, how long till hackers start? Like, <laughs> you, you know, you, you, like there's the famous, uh, there's the famous AI system that those guys built using Joe Rogan's voice. So you can type in whatever you want him to say, and he said, and his voice says it because he's got so he's they have so much of his recordings, and it sounds like him. So you know, you can make him say whatever you want. Dude, uh, yeah, no. and you can't tell the difference other than the fact he's like, yeah, when I was a chimp in my past life, I was taking tons of DMT when I lived in the colony on Mars. You know, you can tell it's not him because of the <laughs> thing, but you know, if you wanted to really trick people, you can do it now. So, like, uh, yeah, the security issues is, is a strange thing. I don't know. You know, right. at the same time, like, oh, yeah, there's something hard. to be said about living in a place where you can probably you know, not run out of food and electricity before you die. Um, So you can sort of just sort of shack up in a place that's relatively more stable than other places and just live out your days. A lot of people, I think, are trying to do that at this point, Um, you know, because, you know, we it's the best of times. It's the worst of times. Right. It really is like, you know. Yeah, that's the um, beauty of it, honestly. You know, we we have a print. We have a prime minister that that believes that all that 9 million Canadians are all racist misogynists because they didn't get the vax. Well, we only have 30 million people in Canada. So that's like almost a third of the country you're calling racist and misogynists because they wouldn't get the, the, the bleep. And uh, I think you can say it now. YouTube changed their services. You're now allowed to say that the vax doesn't work, that masks cause COVID, that social distancing doesn't work. You can say all the things on YouTube now. Isn't that crazy? 
Yeah, no, it doesn't surprise it's me, just honestly. Flipped. It's just flipped. Especially, yeah, it's censoring, dude, honestly. Yeah. So, so, you know, it's, it's dark times, but also, like, uh, you know, anyone here in Vancouver could just go drive Uber 13 hours a day, and they'll make eight grand a month. Even with our crazy rent prices, like it's twenty four hundred for a bachelor pad here. Even Fuck, with our crazy, dude. even with our crazy cost of living here, eight grand a month, you could save twenty grand a year, no problem. Five years later, buy a, a place somewhere in a cheap place. You know, like like that's not something you could do in other times. You know, dude, no shit. I literally just got my license back. You're make you're trying to convert me to an Uber driver now. Well, the reason they make so much here, I think, is because the concession to let Uber come into our city was to require class four licenses. So that um, made it so that we don't actually have enough drivers. There's not enough Uber drivers. Um, But it's, you know, I I like to think about that when I find myself thinking about how bad everything is, you know, because it's pretty cool that you could just go do that. And, you know that wasn't an option like a hundred years ago. You couldn't just go work 13 hours a day and, <laughs> and clear a hundred K, you know? No, no like, shit. Yeah. People worked much longer hours than that for very little a hundred years ago. Dude. So like pretty amazing what you can actually do if you want, if you're lucky no, to really do. live in certain yeah. places. I mean, you just got to find out places, what, if you live in Iraq, yeah. you're screwed. Go oh, fuck that dude. I've heard stories, man. Dude, they're, 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 I mean, your, your embassy just cleared out because of the violence and civil war type stuff. So, yeah. It's really so, sad. I mean, I it's really gotta, sad, man. No. It's fucking like all these beautiful, like arc, all the, all the history and the architecture there that's been destroyed by ISIS and all that shit, like fucking makes me sick. No, no What's shit. What's up with humans not... who don't? Bro, I, d- dude, I don't know. I don't know. What? I do. You're, yeah, no. Let's go destroy everything that is, you know, our ancestors created. So you know, we can forget everything that we've ever been through. I, I don't know. I, they, Niall, I'm a big, I'm a huge metalhead, right? So Niall made a song about that, like uh, "Call to Destruction." Back when um, ISIS destroyed all the monuments back in ancient Egypt, man. And I'm a huge Egypt dude. Egypt to me, then that's that's where my magic is, dude. When I fucking claim my self worth and my self power, dude, I go back to the pyramid text and the Amduat, and I look into the Book of the Dead and how to chapter to become certain things, you know. Like I invoke the gods and become the gods. You know what I'm talking about, man. And like when I fucking found out that they that ISIS just went in there and 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 not naming themselves ISIS, it's like, dude, what the fuck? Like what? Do you know about the the the? Did did you hear my prophecy story? No. no? Yeah. Well, um, I'll uh, chastise you later for not having listened to every second of my <laughs> podcast that I put out. <laughs> dude, there's like oh, there's so many hours of this podcast. It's no shit, weird. you dude. You really did make a lot, my mother. This motherfucker. And man, when I was getting into it, I was like, okay, cool. I'm all caught up. Life caught up with me, and I had so many different fucking things happening. By the time I tried to catch up with you, I was like, okay, you've done Damien Eccles, man. That was one that I was like, holy shit, this guy sat there with Damien Eccles doing this, you know. <laughs> and because uh, uh, that's, that's one that's one huge – I mean, that guy, the shit he went through and the, mag- and the way that magic changed his life in particular, 
um, that that was eye opening for me personally. Honestly, yeah. being yeah. wrongfully accused. Didn't he just have his trial and everything? Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that go? Uh not good. Fuck, not good. I mean, like legal the, the the law is broken there basically there's a legal problem there with the way the law is it, it it wasn't written up to deal with a situation like his because there had never really been a situation like his so therefore the law excluded his petition because he wasn't currently incarcerated but he's one of the few people who's still considered to be guilty of this beyond heinous crime after 18 years on death row he's free but he's still guilty of it they never fathomed i'm sure the local people in that state the lawmakers never fathomed they'd be getting a challenge from someone on death row who for some reason is still guilty but free yeah no shit like who plans to let someone off death row go free but still be guilty that's not a thing (laughs) like no dude yeah uh, I'm just glad I didn't get canceled for interviewing him. I mean, you know, most of the time when I interview people, I get messages after being like, you, you know, you shouldn't have talked to that person, blah, blah, blah. There's always some hater for everyone who's like you. But, you know, if I, talk, yeah. if I didn't talk to anyone, then then I couldn't talk to anyone because there's always someone who hates someone and stuff. So that's stupid. It's it's not yeah, my it's job bullshit. to vet people's souls. It's my job just to have a conversation like you would have in you know, if we were two traveling wizards on the road and met in a tavern some dark and stormy night while the fiddler's playing his slow air ballads, you and me are sitting and having a a mead in the corner. And that's the idea behind this podcast is like, let's have conversations. Like, you know, that's why I don't prepare questions. I've had, I've tried to prepare questions. Cheers. But, you know, I never end up using them, uh, you know. Dude, no, that's that's beautiful. That's a perfect picture right there. Yeah, no, Eccles was great. I mean, he's he like it or not, he's the most famous occultist alive today. He's the I got I got his book right here. He's yeah, a much better. He's a much better um, role model than the 20th century's most famous occultist, who was Aleister Crowley. Um, you know, like Damien Eccles crossed into mainstream awareness, so he's known. And uh, to not yeah. talk, like I talked to him, I would talk to Aleister Crowley, man. Can you imagine, like, you know, why would I not talk to yeah. Dan Michaels? And, no. and uh, <laughs> it just. Uh, I can see you, know, you talking to Crowley. I, did, I you know, I got in trouble for talking to him, but, you know, fuck it. I don't give a shit. What, you did? Oh, yeah. There's a lot of people who don't talk to me any now anymore because I talked to him. Yeah. Yeah. Eccles? Um, I, I deleted all the the comments that were bad under that interview. There was like many, many evil comments that got posted under there, and I just deleted them all. Well, dude, who the fuck listens to your podcast other than magicians? Um, That's what gets me. Like, well, apparently the families of the murdered boys. Oh my, uh, yeah, that that makes a lot of sense. So, yeah. I just removed negative comments. Um, I know a lot of people, it hurts me in the algorithm apparently, but like my thinking is like, I'm not going to do it as much. Like, even though I can let it roll off my back, I'm just not going to engage with my own creative process as much. If there's, if I, if I'm staring at a screen and seeing hate, right. So it's a productivity issue. 
right? It's a productivity issue. I if I if I'm seeing hate for hate's sake or whatever, then I'm just gonna I'm gonna I'm not gonna <laughs> want to go go uh, do more content and and stuff. So I just get rid of it. I just delete it. Yeah, you know? fuck it. Unless yeah, unless yeah. it's you know it, unless the per- people are actually unless there's actually a point being made. But if it's just like this person's a liar and they should die, it's like you know bullshit or, yeah. or you know hate mail bunch of hate mail yeah well I yeah, guess, what you know, a lot of people a lot of people are just post like you know hey fratter chud you fucking faggot you should die like you know stupid shit like that um i don't know chud. i don't really know who it is posting this stuff but there's a lot of unhappy people out there so you know no shit. That's, yeah, that's true. You that's know, so a lot true. of a lot of it gets flagged for me by YouTube, actually. So I'm not actually hands on doing it. A lot of it gets gets flagged because. But yeah, no, uh, Eccles was was a great was a great conversation, and I love talking with his wife. Um, I didn't know anything about her, and actually, I'm reading her uh, love uh, her letters, their letters now, because, you know, when you just think about the story, what an interesting. It's just there's nothing not interesting. The whole thing is interesting, right? You know, he's been he's been messaging me a bunch about uh, all this Mormon stuff and sending me cool little pictures of the talismans that Joseph Smith made and stuff like that. So uh, that's cu- that makes yeah. me curious. Yeah, you know, what he's the- got, he's got, <laughs> and uh, he's a uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. It's yeah. The one the one uh, biggest got- thing I picked up from. Go ahead. I've Sorry. got Doctor uh, Doctor Sam Cannon coming back on the podcast, and he's a Mormon and a professor, and uh, and a magician, um, and and a Mason. And so, you know, we're going to d- do a deep dive into the Mormon stuff uh, very soon. Um, again, so uh, it is very interesting that you know I'm not into Mormonism at all, of course. <laughs> like, dude, I'm too, I, I, that that like the Mormon thing throws me off because it seems a lot like Enochian, man. Let's go ahead and throw some sigil rings of stones into the some hat so we can find out what. Dude, I don't know, man. I'm gonna just talk you shit because like of the fucking shit. <laughs> Well, I've been to Salt Lake City. I went to I went through Salt Lake City on a business trip with my colleagues once. We were had to work a convention in Vegas, and uh, we stopped in Salt Lake City and like looked around, and it was it was an experience. It was really uh, it was interesting, you know. Um, and the fact that Joseph Smith was some kind of Solomonic magician, um, and that's what you yeah. know, getting the Book of Mormon through channeling, like they really were channeling or descrying it they weren't just right they weren't just like you know it wasn't an intellectual exercise it was a uh, it was channeling magic it magic. was it was some kind of magic i mean i mean yeah, exactly. who knows what spirits they were listening to i mean right. you, you know you can just go to a graveyard and open yourself up and all Dude, kinds of crazy yeah. shit will come out <laughs> yeah most definitely for you sure. Know. I've been doing a lot. I've been doing a lot of graveyard work recently with a friend of mine. Um, Hunter, Sal- Hunter Salazar, very chaos oriented magician. And uh, yeah, it really opened me up to a lot of different aspects of graveyard work and working with the local dead as well. Um, but I did a, a blood sizzle casting in the graveyard recently. Then a shooting star came above me. And I was like, oh, that's that's great. One of my one of my one of my, uh, one of my buddies who I work with here in town magically, um, his his day job well it's a night job but his day job is at a crematorium, so that's made it a lot easier to get things like grave dirt and stuff like 
you know, he'll, he'll message me and be like, does the dirt need to be touching the grave or could it just come off the body before I incinerate it? And I'm like, that's a really good question. <laughs> Holy <laughs> shit. That's I've, hardcore. I've never had access to this kind of uh, resource before. Dude. Yeah. So no shit. Um, I'll tell you some more stuff offline. Um, but yeah. Like, uh, well, I want to try uh, some of these workings that like, you know, that, you know, that uh, there's some interesting stuff in the Verum that I want to try. Um, bro bro yes i got yeah you <laughs> know and Ken, i was yeah. most most of the conversations i mean i i speak to uh carol Everybody. mccoy most most than anything um his uh his fiance before he before he went into uh what the the stroke and everything that happened there but um yeah no like i got i purchased his the, the grimoire and verum the true grimoire and uh, from the Scarlet Imprint. And I you got read True Grimoire? Yes, I have, but I've only read Joseph Peterson's edition. I do have, read the I did order, yes. And I okay. did, but I did order the True Grimoire from, uh, from Jake Stratton Kent. And that's primarily because um, yeah. I've been in contact with all three spirits that were in there. <laughs> like, you know. Are you talking about so, like? No, I'm most primarily I'm talking about Lucifer, Astaroth, and Belzebub. And uh, the way, uh, what you'll find in Jake in, in the True Grimoire by Jake Stratton Ken is is uh, it's all, it's really interesting because at the very beginning of it he talks about the intermediary spirit and you could almost miss it if you weren't really paying attention. But he he informs you that calling this angel, there's this angel that you have to call, and this angel then gives you instructions on how to do some of the other stuff. So it's really nice to see that represented in his true grimoire. So you read it uh, cover to cover, and I read it very slowly, like at at reading at speaking speed, as I tend it's on to my read. shelf. Yeah, like you know, I I couldn't put it down really, so I read it within a week, cover to cover, really absorbing it and referencing it. And his, it really makes his, you realize that that is that if you want an introduction to the Goetia, that is the way to do it. Like that is the book. If it, if 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 I was running a Golden Dawn Temple still, I'd be like, when you're ready for Goetia after five six, when you're like six five or whatever, whenever you're ready, I would just say this is your textbook, the True Grimoire. That's what people should read to understand Goetia. Yes, and that's that's that's, and I'm like, dude, listening to the podcast, certain multiple podcasts that i've listened to um and reading jake stratton kent's work and the uh the demand um even reading jason Mil uh, miller's consorting with spirits is that good that's the new one right yes dude it is great i'm, I'm having my it. i'm having my fiance read that you know because um uh this it gives you an appreciation of how to speak to spirits from an unbiased aspect because like from what I see from the left hand path, even the right hand path, you know, you lean too far left or right, man. And it's like it gives you a depreciation for one or the other. man. it's like, dude, like if you just look at a spirit man, and we're not going to call it demonic or angelic, you look at a spirit, see the spirit for what it is. OK, how are you going to interact with that spirit? And if you're on a bias and you're like, say you come from a more right hand path and you see it as demonic which were primarily where I did come from. Okay. And I'm, I can admit that um, you're going to come 
at it from a biased perspective. And because if you come at it from a biased perspective, the interaction that you may have with that spirit is going to fucking just be completely different. Whereas if you came from it from a neutral approach, okay. And learn like learning my darkness. Cause that's, that's where I'm sitting at with my daily practice. I'm bringing light to the darkness and I, I could go into my daily practice and so my daily ritual, if you want to jump into that, but um, speaking to these spirits, these goetic spirits from an unbiased approach and learning like, dude, like these spirits have things that they need to teach us, man. And like, if we're willing to open up and understand what they're trying to teach us from an unbiased experience, from an unbiased approach, they do have a lot to teach us. Okay. And if we see them as lesser beings, because they're not as celestial or they're not as, you know, <laughs> what, holy or whatever the fuck. Okay. Like I, 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 my, my whole approach and my whole experience with these spirits is, is it's changed. It's, it's changed, man. From when, um, these, when, when I first was introduced, because I looked at the Goetia, I looked at, um, Belzebub and even Samael, yeah, I was like, oh, this is evil and shit like that, man. I really didn't say, <laughs> like, get away from that, man. I was fucking born baptized Catholic. You know, <laughs> what the fuck is this? This is evil, you know? <laughs> like, no, dude, like listening to different uh, approaches, reading different books, and then actually stepping into the circle and speaking with these spirits opened me up to a whole different approach a different aspect of where i come from it, it opened me up to a different a layer of my own reality of things that i may have been shunning of things that i may have been pushing back I, I can use the, the Yunyan term shadow, okay, and, and maybe get a glimpse of what I'm really trying to, 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 to speak about, okay? But when I opened up to these spirits, it really opened me up to the hidden parts of myself. And I really come to, I really did come to find out different layers of my own being that I had kept hidden, that I had kept buried. And um, coming face to face with that and coming to speak with them and learning what they had to bring me into my own realization really, it made me, it, it's still helping me become a more integrated full being. I don't know if that makes any sense, man. Like, <laughs> just, you know, when, we, when we're speaking about occult matters and uh, personal gnosis, you know, it's, it's very hard to, to describe what's going on. But, you know, like when I really come to speak with these spirits, they really just help me learn some pretty heavy dark shit about myself okay and like shed light and love 
love is the fuck dude love is the fucking key word to it all as hippie as it sounds sounds hippie as fuck but love is in the light love is in the dark man and if you don't give love to all that if you don't give love to the positive and to the negative to the yin the yang you're going to be an extremely imbalanced person in life if you're approaching this from a magical angle in my experience all right that's just my experience uh, I can't speak for everybody else because you know we all have our own paths, we all have our own callings, we all have our own teachings. But I shunned my own darkness for the longest time, and I covered that a lot with drugs. I covered that a lot with uh, escaping responsibilities, escaping shit that I needed to face. And when my uh, when my demons. <laughs> to go with a goetic demon or whatever you know when the man would samael Belzebub, astaroth belial asmodai dude I, they, they, a lot of them just really came in man and they were like they all had a different thing to teach me all right but Belzebub opened them all up i mean they call him legion for a reason man oh fucking lord lord of flies <laughs> like that's all, dude this is a cult man I can't fucking explain it. Belzebub opened up basically the legion of goetic demons to start coming and integrating into my being. And I learned something from each and every one of them to shine my own light into the depths of my being, into my own understanding of who I am as a person, who I am as a spirit so I can become more integrated and become more whole. And to be honest with you, Freighter, that shit scared the living fuck out of me. It really did. Not just, not just their appearance, but what they came to, 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 to shed light on. Because some of that shit is scary as fuck, and we want to run from it. Every angel is terrible. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, pretty for much. Those, for all those people reading letters to a young poet, folks, there's better stuff to read by Heine <laughs> Read the Dwina Elegia, the Dwina Elegies. Or just go watch some football. All right. <laughs> no, read, read German poetry, man. Read German poetry. Like Heinrich Heine, Heine, man. Heinrich Heine. If you've never read some Heinrich Heine, read Heine. Have it. Fuck man, he's amazing. Like, you know, what's it? Ich weiß nicht, was soll es bedeuten, dass ich so traurig bin. Ein Märchen aus alten Zeiten kommt mir nicht aus dem Sinn. I don't know what it can mean that I am so tragically sad. A, a fairy tale from ancient times comes to me, but not from the senses. You know, this is great poetry. It doesn't really sound good in English, but. I'm sure you'll find no, it. You can find and it. that's what I found out, dude. German, because German, like, dude. Okay, and so I studied German, German in high school. Poetry in high school. I did a lot of German in high school. You know, <laughs> I don't remember shit from it now, but like, you know, my favorite one was Verpistischlampen, <laughs> and that came from a little girl that was asking me a question and cussing me, right? But um, then I went to Germany. I went to I went to Greitz. Oh God, I could tell you a ritual I did in Greitz because the house family, the house family that I stayed with, they were like, "What the fuck is this guy into?" And I was deep in the magic at that time. So. 
<laughs> I get to, yeah, I'm going to go, I'll go into it. I'll go into it, man. And, uh, <laughs> and the house, like I can even, I have my laptop. I'll show you, I'll show you the, uh, what the house father gave me and you might be able to read it. Okay. Um, so I, I mean, I could hold it there for you or you maybe take a screenshot of it later, but, um, so basically <laughs> my whole experience in Greitz, cause I went to Dresden Greitz, but Greitz was where I stayed at mostly. And, uh, then I went to, you know, Berlin, then I went to Prague. Um, this was all during high school and the, the, the round trip and everything my parents paid for. Cool. But, um, yeah, it was great. Um, they, they took me to uh, this, this shop that it was just, you know, it's a witchcraft shop, obviously. And I got a, <laughs> I got a, uh, I got a, like a cloak and everything there. I got like this nice shirt and everything. You know, Cause I was going to do some rituals. I was like, guys, take me to the highest mountain that you guys have. Right. You know, and uh, dude, uh, this is a whole fucking thing with magic too. I'll tell you, this is an interesting experience as well. So they took me up onto the Just don't ask them to take you to the biggest waterfall they have. Trust me. <laughs> it is it is not impressive. I saw it and it was like literally a rock in the middle of the river of the Rhine in the Rhine. They call it the Rhinefall, you know, the Rhinefall, the biggest waterfall in Europe. And I saw it and I was like, Where is it? And he's like, That's it. I'm like, that's just a rock in the middle of the river. And the water's no going to rock. He's like, he's like that's the biggest waterfall i'm like it's it's literally just a rock in the middle of the river and the water's <laughs> you were like thank god i got to see this this is great <laughs> All right, it's hard to compete with the, the wilderness that we have here in north america oh my god no like, yeah that's know, true. Hey. i live in british columbia like don't talk to me about mountains Trust me. Like, no, even especially in the West. You know, I grew up skiing at Whistler, man. Like, you know, most things after that are a letdown. Shoot. But I, I do remember doing the ritual in Greitz. Um, I don't know Greitz. Why don't I know that place? Because I was I do that. just a couple it was years a, ago. I was, I was in Berlin and Leipzig. Greitz. I don't know Greitz. It's right. It's right. It's, it's close to. It's, it's right near close there. Close to Dresden. Yeah. Small place. Check it out. It's very small, very small place, very personal, which is probably why the uh, the German exchange students decided to do it there as well. But um, uh, yeah, no, <laughs> I'd gone up there and I'd done the ritual and it caused a thunderstorm, right? I don't know why the thunder, I felt very disturbed. All right, that's the energy that I was picking up from the ritual that I had done. And, uh, you know, I like, turned over to my house brother. I was like, you know, well, what happened here, man? And he was like, well, do you see down there? And he pointed to this this location that was like, you know, about, I don't know what, I, I don't know what air, I don't know if I was facing east, south, I don't know which area, but he pointed down there and to, to the ravine, which was like, you know, below us. And he was like, well, they had a concentration camp down there. You know, this is where they burned people at, you know, and I was like, holy shit. Like this is this is the energy that I'm picking up, man. Because fuck this energy that came in through the thunder this was fucking intense, man. It was yeah, like, dude, no, yeah. yeah, it was very intense. It was yeah. like, dude, fuck, fuck, screaming, just a lot of pain, a lot of anger, a lot of frustration, and uh, it's just that's all I felt from the ritual itself, pretty much. And um, that was like, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and close this now, and. uh I'll leave this in peace. Uh, that was it, pretty much. <laughs> that was my experience in Greitz in high school. You know, so I was like, "That's there we go." 
But I'm going to show you this. I'm going to show you this right here. Hold on. Oh, my God. Damn, dude, my back. I'm fucking old. I don't know if you can see that. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's that's what my house father had given me. Um, if you want, I don't know what it says. Yeah. The old wall tapestry looks like it's parchment or skin. It's skin from a deer. Yeah. On it. And yeah, I can't read this too far away. But yeah, very, very beautiful. Yeah. So my German house father had given me that because um, they basically were asking me, like, what the hell are you trying to do, dude? <laughs> I saw a dude waving wands around and shit. Like, it's like they were just wondering, like, what what am I about? You know, I was like, well, um, I told him I was like, you know, I'm just, I, I don't know what the hell I told him at the time, but I was basically just trying to tell him, like, you are God. <laughs> at the time, that's what I was trying to tell him. You know, like, hey, everything is God. You are God. Like, you know, deep reach deep within yourself, find the truth hidden within your own being, like look into the dark of your own self and shine that light within to find your own Christ consciousness in my own words today. You know, but back then I was like, you're God. <laughs> and I guess that whatever the words I used back then resonated with the family. And uh, that's, that's basically when the house father was like, all right, here's this. <laughs> I was like, I looked over at my house brother and I was like, does your dad usually give gifts like this to just random people? <laughs> he was like, no, dude, he doesn't, man. Hmm. You're getting, so, you're getting something that means something basically. And I was like, oh, okay. And I've kept that above. I've kept that above my Egyptian altar ever since, man. Yeah. Not, very my, cool. the, the altar I've had since high school. That all, so, yeah. so let's get to it. What is your uh, what is your daily practice like? Oh wow! <laughs> Hold on here. Wait, let me see. I actually wrote down my daily practice today. And give me one second here. Okay. Okay. So my daily practice is, it's kind of like, yeah, this is, yeah, my, my little, I, I, I don't know if you can see people, man, who don't take having beautiful diaries seriously. Oh, dude, uh, I've got journal, the journals, <laughs> it's like, these are my experiences that shape my life. And I've always kept these journals for the longest time, you know, like, uh, it's this is just something that I that I have to do personally, so I can look back on and see what what. These are my diaries out. just from the Golden Pond for seven years. <laughs> yeah, for seven years. Yeah. See, that's great. So that's one great. Per grade, and then a few extra ones for specialty practices. Like that's shim, beautiful. Shem work and Nokian travel diary. Dude, that's that's fucking beautiful. Well, and yeah. a volume and a volume of poetry. You see, dude. No man, like I dig it. Yeah, I really, I really do dig it. Poems. No, yeah, like, dude. Oh, look at like, that. That's old. Yeah, it's just, 
<laughs> this old as fuck. These these were discontinued. Uh, Canadian one dollar bills were discontinued in like the eighties. My God, we switched to coins. <laughs> anyway, sorry for the show and tell for everyone listening. You're nah, brother, you, you good? Um, on YouTube. So basically, my my experience, um, my daily ritual is calling the circle into myself, and I stand in the middle of four altars east south west north each altar very symbolic of the deity that i'm working with and i'll get into that in a bit and then i speak out you know hekas hekas bebelais away from me profane all that's profane then i say gyron karpo which is like this circle is mine then i face the north and i basically do the short version of the steli of Jew, which is like, you know, Eoth, Abreoth, Basim, Isak, Sebeoth, Iayo, you know, from the PGM, which is calling in the Holy Daemon. And then I say the short version of that, bringing into my Holy Daemon, this whole time breathing in, making sure that I'm connected. I'm, I'm right there. Everything is right above me. I'm feeling the energy from my my HGA, my holy daemon is protecting. This is my energy. I am speaking now with what comes into my circle. Okay. Then um, I'll, I'll draw a sigil that was given to me by Paymon. And I'll go into that in a little bit as well. I'll draw the sigil above me from Paymon, which is almost like Gemini, but I draw my own little twist to it. And it's very symbolic of balance, light, dark. That's my, I'm Thoth Horus set. I am Horus set, both light, dark. Then I'll draw the same sigil below me. And I'll say, you know, descendant Columba, ascendant Serpens. And from Malkut, from Kether, they will both join together in Tiferet, in my heart, my Anahata. And in my Anahata, that's when the compass spreads around my whole being. Then I begin my ritual. And then my ritual is commencing of me drawing a road opener, which is my own sigil for drawing in the four kings, Oriens, Amemon, Paimon, and Ejin. And then these spirits open the communications for me to speak to all spirits. And that's what I ask of them through different names. And I draw upon those names from like the names that I, that, that, that have authority over them. I draw upon them from uh, St. Cyprian from the Clovis uh, Inferni. Okay. So like, you know, Yate Vahe, uh, Alhim, Elohim, um, Shaddai and Ashith and then that's what opens up the communications and Paimon was basically the one that opened up to that in my own dream like I heard dude I, I when I was making contact with Paimon um, I had this ringing in my ear when I was in dream state and then I had the dream of the spirit coming to me and then dropping off the sigil and that sigil to me is basically the epitome 
of my whole fucking practice. And if I were to put a sigil on it, it would be the yin yang. Just to keep it simple for every listener out there, fucking yin yang. <laughs> you know, I like to simplify shit. All right. And then going into after calling in the kings, that's when I take my my dagger, which has been consecrated, has my own sigils on it. And um, that's when I call in the princes. That's when I do an inverted pentagram ritual, calling in from each corner, Belzebub, Astaroth, Leviathan, and Belial. And then that's when that's like, I basically call in the serpent, the dragon, to bring in my energy, to make a force around me. And then right after that, I do the hex, the lesser hexagram ritual. And that's when I'm basically saying that I'm bringing light to the dark within myself. And uh, that's, that completes that. And during all of this time, I'm having candles lit around me and everything. And the, the archangel of the day, which today was Samael. So, you know, from the Heptameron, because I needed a daily practice. And it all started from the Heptameron. It all started from the daily practice of each archangel. And for each archangel, I still have an altar dedicated to that I, that I light daily. For the Which most version part. of the Heptameron did you, do you use? Dude, this is strange. <laughs> so to me, the sun is Raphael. And that should pretty much explain the approach that I use. Because to me, Michael is, is Mikhail is, uh, is Mercury. And for some reason, that's how it works with me. And I could go deep into that um, from an experience that I had in Oklahoma, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, when my HGA made contact with me. And that was, that was fucking life altering and uh, very reality shattering when uh, I, I can go, I could go into that. Um, right after but, but but yeah basically dude that that really is the daily ritual you know and I, during the, those whole times i um will burn the proper incense since it was today since it was mars i did you know dragon's blood tomorrow since it's mercury i'll be doing you know some sandalwood and uh, uh but in the beginning um the the heptameron and we're talking about the aluchidardium right which version? Yeah, there you go. Yeah, look at that face. Yeah, that um, I pulled from a different version, making a Mikhail more mercurial, while Raphael was more uh, solar. And for me, that it, it changed. It changed because it was vice versa. It was vice versa, but I noticed a shift when I switched, and uh, the shift. Uh, the shift is it's been intense because uh, I could say like the, the shift honestly opened me up to Helios, to Ra, um, Raphael, like, you know how these cultures do these things, man. You know how, you know how this is when you're actually in the circle. So um, it ignited my heart. Uh, it's, it made me more active. It made me more uh, masculine. It, it, I, Dude, I was like, fuck this, man. I'm going to do some, I'm going to make some shit happen. I just, it changed, it, it just changed the way that I did, that I perceive things. 
that I, that the way that I went about things, you know, cause um, I mean, I have, I have, uh, I do have, uh, I have spoken with Mikhail a few times, but <laughs> I don't feel as close a connection with that angel in particular, maybe because of sound. I don't know, man. I, I, I don't really know. You know, I don't know how this stuff works. But I do know that um, the, the, the few instances or the one in particular, I did feel Mikhail say, you know, I hand you the sword. And the sword to me was like, okay, cool. Like you give me something to fight back with. Okay. Um, I have, uh, you know, I have had various encounters with these angels. Certain angels give me a, a, a different feel than others you know, um, in particular. And I would say that um, Raphael, for sure, Zadkiel, um, Azrael, uh, Samael, Anael, Venus, and Gabriel have been the ones that have, like, just, like, <laughs> here you go. This is what we're going to do for you so you can do for all of those around you. Like when I'm coming to work with the angels, Castell too, you know, and I told you that experience with Castell. Um, these angels uh, just, it's different, man. It's really different working with the angels versus the terrestrial spirits. The terrestrial spirits, I seem to feel more of like they're there to help you with your own shit, to like help you become a better person in general. Whereas the celestial spirits are like there to affect everything around you. I don't know if that makes any sense, man. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I always, I, most spirits I work with, I generally get the feeling like they have their own stuff going on and there's often a sense of slight imposition or interference like uh, unless i do things a certain way but if i'm just if i'm interrupting them i'm interrupting them you know and uh yeah. some of them seem <laughs> busy than others um some yes. of them seem more busy than others um and yeah they're 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 very unique is that's that's the one thing it's for sure it's like you know, it's, yeah, they're not, they're not the same. What, what I find, have found interesting recently is um, while working with different spirits, I find like my focus on them does impact the way they play out in my life. So I was working a lot with a Shem angel uh, helping me write a book I'm writing and putting together some, some, methodologies i gotta be vague um which one which and, one which uh, which shem angel can, oh yeah well I'm, I'm, the, I'm still i'm still working the work is still ongoing so i'm not gonna mention it oh um, this guy but, i so, have a fucking and, i have something in my head oh, like. well, you and me can talk you know <laughs> all right. rosa after um but so but i had done previous work with a different shem angel and i really needed that shem angel's help with what i was doing currently and so I, I brought that one back. I pulled out a, actually, I just pulled out a talisman that I had wrapped up and 
put away because you know you don't have to have them on you to be have them working but as soon as i pulled it out i was curious to see if it still was sort of had a charge um you know i can contact the the spirit of course just directly but i was curious to see if this talisman still had a charge and it did it, it was like it was very juicy let's say and bright and yeah. brilliant and it's, it still is right over there like i can you know it's it's i i i like to think it's pretty easy to notice when they have worn out or 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 oh yeah run out or they're not it's dead it's dead yeah, yeah you know it's dead um, there's nothing from it yeah yeah and and you know that's that's not a problem you can just work with the spirit again again you don't even need to make a talisman if you can act, access the spirits directly but talismans right. can be helpful and uh anyway so i i went to pull on this previous shem spirit to get its influence more and the other one just seemed to sort of fall out fall off like it just you know, it's like, it's like I could only handle so much influence. So I wasn't able to have them really work in tandem and helping me at, with multiple things at once. It, it's really been quite a shock to realize that, you know, when I, when I focused on the previous one, that it was hard for me to then do the work I was doing with the other one. And that's interesting. You know, uh, we don't talk, people don't yes. talk about this sort of stuff no. very often because we're no. getting into the weeds as this. Right. Say. But, you know um and i have no answers i'm just this is me and fuck no no, no. we don't really know how any of this stuff works i always find it so ridiculous when when people start focusing less on the practice of these things and more on trying to figure out how it how it all works i'm like here's the thing (laughs) in my opinion if you're going to find out how magic works assuming we're not all fucking insane and making this shit up (laughs) we're clearly not um you know like assuming we're not all mentally ill um (laughs) wink wink um oh shit um don't lose it don't (laughs) you got this um it's like fucking snape pulling a memory out of my head (laughs) um what was i saying (laughs) Shem, Shem Angels Freighter. One had one thing to say. But these the podcasts always get the these things always get the best in the third hour, don't they? That's when it's like <laughs> you've run out of all the pre-scripted shit that you normally say to someone or the stuff that you're just dying to get out there. And in the third hour, it's like, damn, are we just talking now? I think so. And it's like all we've been we've like been talking energy this whole shifts. time, man. As soon as you get into the third hour, it's like the energy shifts, and it's like we're just talking now. Um yeah, you know, maybe we were all along, but who knows? Uh, basically, we were going along the lines of the occult and how some people see things set in stone and how, like, your experience, even my experience, yeah. so has when shown people, you something different. When people turn aside the practice and start figuring out how the practice works, like, so magic's a thing. Like, we, you know, uh, you know, we, we, there's ways to, you know, we have remote viewing and all these different phenomena that, you know, governments may or may not still use (laughs) Um, right right probably are probably are Um, if we're going to figure out how magic works it's not going to be through spirituality this is interesting spirituality is not going to teach us how magic works Uh, if magic works it'll be something like physics 
figures it out. Yeah, that's true. Beth, right? Beth, so like I've the idea of us trying yeah. to figure out how this stuff all actually works and what the mechanisms of the universe is using spirituality, it doesn't make any sense to me because yeah. it just it's just My not empirical. It's not empirical. It's it's completely experiential or at best or worst, arguably communal. So, yeah. you know, we're not going to be the ones to figure out how this shit works. No. And it's, it's a little, I find it always laughable when people try to use spiritual means to uncover Dude, it's, it's, it's like gambling. Truths. Like, like, you know, I don't consider spirits to be spiritual, really. I consider them to be physical. We just don't understand what the physics of them are. Yeah. <laughs> right. That we don't sense. understand. That, that and for that sense. matter, we don't understand what the physics of matter is. No. Which goes into like black hole, wormholes. Yeah. Dude, dude. Bro, yeah, no, I get that. And uh, as far as the, the 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 scientific formula behind magic, in my experience, dude, there is no fucking formula, man. You could come up with your own formula and then have the, the, the results land in your lap. Dude, like uh, my thing recently, and I did a lot, I did a Jupiterian right a little over a year ago. I don't like talking, but I will, man, whatever. Um, I asked for money, you know, I need some money, man. Um, and then my, my grandma ended up passing away, left me a huge, you know, decent sized inheritance that uh set me on the path where i'm at now dude like and like it gave me enough money to do what i need to do but um the way we word these things the way we speak like be, when you're doing magic man be careful about how the hell you ask for the shit that you want in your life because it's gonna happen all right it's gonna happen, especially if you believe it. You give that damn energy into it. It's just gonna happen. It's just gonna get wild too, and you're not gonna like know how or why things happen the way that they did. But you know that what you asked for ended up coming into your reality, ended up manifesting, and uh, that's just one of the experiences that I've that I've had recently with magic. I mean, I could I could go on about a lot of different ones too that ended up happening. I mean, a lot of them didn't end up happening the way I didn't really want them to, but they got me to where the hell I needed it to be. You know, I had to go through a lot of shit to get to where it needed to be, and that's magic for you, man. Like, it's fucking you bring that shit into your reality. The way that you ask for it, you give that energy out into the universe and you let them know, you know, casting your sigils into the air, however you need to, speaking into those spaces in between onto the stars. And dude, it's fucking, it opens up portals into your reality to where the other side will see where you're trying to bring in. And then you, that's when you get the visualizations of, how you perceive things to be, whether it be through divination, whatever. And basically what I'm trying to say is magic and the way that you do your magic is going to change your reality and the way that you perceive things because it's, it's it brings things in and it brings, th it brings things in in so many different ways that <laughs> Be precise. 
Be precise. But at least you didn't magic. do the ritual <laughs> with the intention of killing your grandma for your inheritance. Oh, fuck no. Never. What do you mean never? never. People do that all the time, man. Oh, f- I, uh, yeah. Have you, re- have, you read, uh, have you read John R. King, the third? No. Oh, he's hardcore goetic magician. It's, he's actually worth reading. Uh, he's very much worth reading. I mean, a spirit told him where he could find hidden treasure or gold and he found a gold mine and then people started shooting at him because and it turns out it's a legit california gold mine and he gives you the directions to find it yourself and the 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 state knows about it and it's just there for anyone who wants to pan or get it but there's some like gangster types around it who guard it because they want it and like you know um anyway so he, he he's he seems to have uh quite a, a skill with with magic and but in his uh, book I read, um, fuck, what's it called? I can't remember, but um, it's got a strange name. He did magic for a client who I think owned a jewelry store or something like that, but wanted their inheritance from their mom, but their mom wasn't dying. So they wanted help to speed along their mom's death. So he did a ritual for them and then the mom died and he got to take, the deal was that the kid, the guy got the inheritance but the John R. King, the magician, got the, to take over the guy's jewelry business or something like that. But I, I read it like three times because I'm like, did he literally just say he did magic to accelerate this guy's mom's death so they could make money? And it's like, yeah, that's what he said. And it worked. So, you know. Yeah. No, well. I don't, I don't want to say more power to him in that case, but you know, another, right. <laughs> yeah. Another. Hey dude, good, good for you. Magic works. Right. <laughs> it's fuck is that about? I don't know. I don't know what the, that, I, that throw, I, that throw, dude, that shit like that throws me off. But then again, look, Fred, I've never been in, I don't know if that guy was in a situation where he was hurt for money. I've personally never been into that situation. I feel like I've been blessed in that aspect my whole life. Um, another interesting who, thing that the spirits, uh, the Guadix spirits told John R. King the third is about like the non existence of Jesus and the non divinity of Jesus and all that, which is interesting because this author is also a Mormon, was Mormon, I believe. And uh, so that that was interesting to hear because the you know, I think it was Guadix spirits as well that told Edward Kelly that like Jesus wasn't a thing and, and sort of deny and mock the existence of. Christ, which is uh, something that has, it's pops up quite a few times um, amongst uh, spirits, you know, magicians uh, claiming that these spirits don't recognize uh, Christ. So that's an interesting one for me. I find that very fascinating. That throws me off a bit too, because we're we'll be speaking about Christ or Jesus from the Bible, because when it comes to Jesus from the Bible, the whole council of Nestia throws me off and the portrait of uh, Constantine or, you know, the, <laughs> that throws me off. And, and, and that's what goes times. <laughs> that's what throws me off personally. You know, the energy of Christ, I can honestly say through my experience, I feel like I've known, I know through personal gnosis. All right, now that doesn't mean much to anyone else other than myself, obviously, just like it should any magician, really. But um, as far as him being a, a physical being, I can sit here and say, like, well, yeah, aren't we all 
Christ. (laughs) I mean, aren't we all that light? Aren't we all that spark of the divine within ourselves that's yet to be unearthed? (laughs) Like, you know, so I mean, when it comes to Jesus Christ and the, the whole virgin birth, you know, that dates that that takes me back to ISIS and finding not finding the phallus of Asar and like, here's here's the birth of Horus. What about what about the, <laughs> what about the bodily assumption of Mary into heaven? Dude, I don't know that that, that that's got that's Gnostic, right? No, that's Roman Catholic doctrine. Mary what? bodily was taken to heaven. Like can you imagine she's like walking along humbly dumb. Like sucked up. Like what? A, what was that? What was that in? What book? That's oh, that's the best part. It's just true. It's not in a book. Yeah, I get what I just That sounds amazing. Like, it's that's not true. Great. And if you disagree that it's true, we got these guys over here who who can take you out to the desert and you know. Perfect. I believe it. I believe in Sophia. Okay, I'm good. (laughs) I'll set Sophia. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) I believe in the divine feminine, you know, animal, animus. She was ascended, of course. You know, Sophia, (laughs) we go into the topic of of the Gnostic, you know, Yaldabaoth. (laughs) Here we go. Yaldabaoth. Oh God, it's interesting how we've taken these these uh, these egregores, these etymologies, these uh, these ideas, and twisted them to to serve our needs. I I don't know how I feel about that. To be honest with you, it's like I feel like that our own energy that we've created through these these things have kind of like shaped and misshaped these energies. Just, just as an example, okay? And I want to be respectful here. Um, I wanted to call Belzebub, Balzebub, you know, the, 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 the original name that this energy went by because this energy to me has been with me since the cradle. This energy to me has been known to me as the energy that's watched over me basically my whole life. And um, when I wanted to call this energy Balzebub, the energy spoke to me and said, no, that's not how I came to you. I came to you as Belzebub. I came to you as the Lord flies. And I was like, you know, well, why? Why? Because this is how man has come to know me. And that shit, dude, I don't know how to fucking describe it, but that shit made me cry. Like, I that's that's how we perceive that spirit and that's how we fucking i don't know man it just sort of like you're talking almost like we're sort we've sort of been debasing the kings of the earth yes because we've 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 taken we've taken away from the original meanings of these gods of these uh these energies that spoke to us so long because we've smashed their monuments, because we've de- we bastardized their names. We corrupted names. them, and then we act like they're the ones who are corrupted. Yes. Yes. And that shit throws me off, man. It should. 
it should. It throws it throws it throws me off because I. It's what I, we call I, in academia a hermeneutic problem. It fucks is you know it, personally it fucks with me because I'm very empathetic and like it's it's just like, and that's why why I feel personally with my own practice I'm bringing the light to the darkness and i feel like that this darkness are these spirits that have just been fucking cast out and like just made something to be that they're not and i'm not looking at it from a left-hand path angle man i'm looking at it as like these are the aspects of ourselves that we shun because we are taught to shun that due to the whole fucking conglomeration of what we call organized religion to this day and i think that has extremely imbalanced us as a unity as a whole as as a, as gaia as earth all right because you me the person that you see day to day on the street they're part of that stream of consciousness that is essentially you you're looking at you i'm looking at me we even right now even though we may not perceive it like that i see it that way i see the divine i see the aspect all of the dark all of the light within you i i, I don't know what you've been through i know that you've been through some shit i know i've been through some shit but i oh, respect no, that you know what i mean, mean. <laughs> You get what I'm getting at, I'm though, just right? A happy I feel camper. <laughs> of course you are. To quote, yeah. to quote Patrick Bateman. <laughs> of course you are. Aren't we all? Yeah. You know, it's a fucking Patrick Bateman. That's, <laughs> that's fucking great. <laughs> fucking psycho, man. <laughs> you know, it's great. But I mean, that's really, that's legitly how I see it, man. And it, it really took me delving into my own darkness, into my own being, into my own self and discovering the shadowy aspect through go, I hate to call him goetic daemon. You know, I had to put a label on this Solomon. I don't, I don't like, I don't like it. It feels condensed, feels labeled, feels consolidated yeah you know yeah because what you're experiencing this with these energies with these spirits you know in particular uh, astaroth you know coming to find out that that's a start day that's ishtar Astra. that's 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 yeah shara uh, you know the the, the, mrs. the yahweh this, mrs yahweh Mrs. Yahweh, fucking damn right. Like, where did we get like the this? Where that was uh, what they told us in seminary. How they knew that Yahweh had a wife is because archaeologists have found graffiti that that where like Mr. Yahweh is boning Mrs. Yahweh. Like, you know, there's a big talk and it says they share the share of poles. We found this. We have found this in graffiti. So it's like, yeah, people that tells us that it was a common view that Yahweh had a Mrs. Yahweh. Cause if, the, if Yahweh didn't have a Mrs. Yahweh, there wouldn't be graffiti making fun of them boning. Bro. 
And that all dates, that all just goes back really. Oh, to way back spirits. to like prior, you know, prior to the first temple, to the, to the era of hill shrines. Like, you know, early Israel had hill shrines and that's, you know, the high place. You'd go up to the hill shrines and there wasn't just Yahweh being worshipped at these hill shrines. There was, you know, a variety of beings. Like they weren't really, they weren't really monotheistic. Um, no, and none of this, none of this ever came from monotheism. Look at the Enuma Elisha, then base it off of what we have as Genesis in the Tanakh. All right, <laughs> what? What happened there? <laughs> okay, obviously something was adopted, and the Elohim, you know, the the gods. Like it's just, what is going on here, man? And what is people? People don't care. They're told what they're told. They believe what they believe, and then they're just sheep, man. And I hate to say it that way because, dude, some some sheep. I hate to say sheep. I don't like that fucking word either. It's label. Look. Some people are okay. You could with use that, a more man. a less hostile term. Just call yeah, them, you're right. Just call them NPCs. <laughs> Damn, that's pretty fucking hostile, this motherfucker. There's nothing, there's nothing insulting <laughs> about that term. Calling someone a non right NPC. Right. I can't believe that that's become a popular thing because I'm an old school gamer. Like, I mean, pen and paper gaming. Right. I'm not a video gamer. I'm an old school gamer. Like you know, I've seen your posts on Instagram. Yeah, eighty-nine. The board 80, games. Eighty-nine was when I started playing D and D every day, and uh, you know, the idea of calling a person a real-life human being an NPC is so mean. It's so fucking mean. Do no but shit. We all get it. Be. But we all get it because we, we get all, it. Yeah, we have all. We all see the lemmings. The Matrix. There's people that <laughs> behave like lemmings, um, and I don't know why. And uh, you know, as an Aquarius, I feel like somehow it's my responsibility to help them, though God knows how. Um, you know, right. yeah, you know, you see them on the on the bus, just zoned out, going to their their Mick job, going back to their Mick home to live their Mick yeah. life and die. And and they don't seem awake. They don't seem awake at all, or or they don't seem like to put it in biblical terms. They don't seem like they're. Uh, living life abundant as saint paul said and that Correct. makes me sad because because i don't believe in reincarnation i don't believe you come back to this place um i believe you have one life and uh you should know how many deja vu experiences have you had oh don't even get me started so what the fuck do you mean like you don't believe in that go explain just based off of that Well, deja vus I find tend to happen most in for me when I'm doing things that I really feel that I'm supposed to be doing. When I'm pursuing a that. course in life that I just like I don't even have time to think about what I'm doing. Like my last European tour in 2018, 2019, when I was I lectured at a culture in Berlin, then I, you know, did other stuff in Berlin, then I did stuff in Leipzig. And then I was lecturing in Prague, then in, in England, in at London, at Canterbury University. And that whole time, constant deja vu. But I didn't also didn't have time to think about what I was doing because I was so busy doing it. Like, it was a lot of work to do that sort but of shit. Um, that deja vu, though. Everything, it felt like everything I was doing, feel... I'd already done. Yes. 
And that's that's what I'm getting at. Like yeah. you've done it, you've done it before, Freighter. But whether I, it's on fucking Earth or not, I'm, like does that does that matter? Yeah, I. But I, like you know, since COVID happened, I've had probably zero deja vu. Zero. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's crazy. Maybe, maybe, maybe literally zero. Maybe literally not one deja vu. Maybe possibly. I mean, there might have been a few, especially early on, because um, of a relationship I was in that very much did feel meant to be. Um, yeah, I can't really recall. That was that was twenty years ago in regular mental time, given lockdowns, you know. Um, and and you know, let's you know, I'm so that doesn't. What does deja vu have to do with fucking reincarnation? Okay, that's a really great question. Is this some? Is this, uh, is this some great? Uh, uh, has has all your studying, your intense studying <laughs> of dumbbells? And, yeah, and, yeah, yeah, and, and yeah. tire curls, like pre pre workout. Yeah, that's what it is. You some mystery that I've missed <laughs> in all my wasted time of reading books and spiritual practice. Not at all. This all has to do with just, <laughs> I know you're fucking with me. It's great though. I love it. All I can say is about how I feel about personal experience, my own personal intuition. Yes. And when I have a, when I have a deja vu moment, it has to do with how I felt like I've been here. I've done this before. Um, whether it's here, whether it's on a different planet, sometimes I feel like when I'm in a deja vu moment that I've done this on multiple planets at the same time and i don't know how to describe that experience that experience is intense it's like i have doppelgangers maybe on the arturian or whatever the fuck the pleiadian you know the star seed whatever the fuck okay <laughs> i'm sure you've heard about all the fucking galactic federations that are out there with ready to come with their starships and shit but um as much as I would I, like to, I can, I can answer those questions. I have a guide I channel to answer those questions. Hold on, let me just uh, channel Matthias De Stefano. Yeah. All right, Matthias De Stefano is now residing in me. What do you want to know about Atlantis? I'll sing a song about Atlantis. Please do. Oh my god, I'm gonna lose some subscribers from this. I know, man. No, that's the fucking fucking nonsense. Like dark seeds. Maybe they are star seeds. I don't. I love care. it. I love if it. I that, fucking that, love that it. That gets you going, man. If that. If how that, does that? How does that help you here? Where? Where are you on? Are you on? Uh, are you over there? Are you in uh, the Pleiadian? Are you on Beetlejuice for right now? Like, uh, that's great. <laughs> okay. My experience though with the deja vu and having those multiple feelings that I'm doing this on the same planet while I've also done this at the same time, been here in the same place, gives me personally some inclination that I've been here before, I've done this before. Whether reincarnation is on this planet Earth or not, I don't know. Um, it feels like it's been on different planets. It, um, the visions that have been given to me have different beings on those planets. Now that could be because I've watched Avatar too many times. You know, that could be because I you know, maybe watched what too many Walt Disney movies. Who fucking knows? All right. Who knows what gets implanted into our subconscious to how we feel about these things. All I do know is that the feeling that I do get from these deja vu experiences 
let me know ahead of time that I can prevent a time shift, that I can prevent a, um, a time skip, that what lies ahead of me is uh, entirely up to some of the experiences that I shape for myself. And that being said, it scares the shit out of me. But at the same time, it lets me know, like, I need to be a lot more attentive of how I pursue and how I go about what lies ahead because this is going to affect my future. Um, now, how that boils down to reincarnation, that's a really good question. Now you got me questioning that shit. I don't know if that has anything to do with reincarnation. Well, you think about <laughs> it. <laughs> let me know right yeah. right 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 i felt like i had something but then you just had me you know go, go into those things yeah um the, the the whole the whole idea of me feeling like i've been there like i've done that before um that's what leads me into believing the whole reincarnation aspect um through deja vu alone all right um the whole astral the whole astral experiences that i've had throughout a body experiences also lead me to believe that these bodies really just are avatars whether you know what whether we're on earth or whatnot and through my own experiences through vision through uh the astral experiences through my astral initiations or an initiation yeah, initiations yeah i guess i have been um, okay um it just leads me to believe that that we hop from fucking avatar to avatar. Whether avatar is a star, and you can be reincarnated as a fucking star, it can be you know. So I mean, whether or not that's that's just the like Chad Kroger. No hell yeah, <laughs> I don't know about that story, but <laughs> I'm gonna agree with it. He's a you star, know, right? Like, dude, let me tell you, man. I <laughs> dude, when I was so into my own shit. Back in fucking high school, man, I remember walking like I was doing a lot of magic at the time and I was following the stars at night like the Chaldeans do, you know, and the birth of Christ. <laughs> I'm like, hey, man, the star's taking me here. The star's taking me over there. Let me go follow this one. And it led me to a group of children, man. <laughs> Dude, and I was I was so into my own shit at the time. I was like, children of the night, like, you know, what art thou up to? And I was so poetic and my own. they were like, nothing they're like nothing bro from what i remember man this is back fucking years ago i don't know but i was like you know i was like preaching to them about god and how they're god and i pointed up to the sky and I, then the star above me twinkled and like lit up and i was like you see that that's me man like y'all are out there too like <laughs> then i worked at a fucking movie theater above that serving popcorn and shit right and they were like hey look it's jesus <laughs> call me jesus and then i do have that whole like you know long hair fucking <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you're, 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 uh, right. I just, you know, you know, experiences like that. I mean, you just gotta love, but, um, the whole deja vu back into reincarnation. If we feel like we've been here before and we've done this before, like, what, what other, what is that exactly? What is that? that? Well, I find deja vu and dreams to be one of the most interesting things, uh, um, it's why I talk to, uh, you know, people like 
you know, that fucking nut job, Daniel Rekshan, who's using Enochian magic to talk to aliens and do dream work. I'm joking. Dude, is that, is, is that, is, hold on, hold on. I'm just fucking. Is that, is that the dude who did the podcast in the car? No, 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 no. That was an old one. Oh my God. No, that he was a thelemite. No, I had Daniel Rekshan on and I'm just, I'm just dissing him because he lives in, in, 10 hours down the road for me in, in, <laughs> in British Columbia. And so I'm, I'm taking the piss in case he's listening, but no, he's like, I, I love the fact that people are exploring dreams and, and deja vu more and more seriously. And science is starting to understand the brain more. So we might actually get some real answers because deja vu, prophetic dreams, prophecies in general, uh, dreaming things bef long before they happen. I have dreams. I have so many dreams, probably more than I can count, um, that that didn't that I thought were just dreams. And then like five, 10, 15 years later, they occurred. And I'm like, holy shit. Like I've had dreams that were nightmares. And I'm like, wow thank God my life will never be in that situation. Next thing you know, 20 years later, guess what? Yep. I'm living that nightmare. What the I had fuck a, is that? A dude, and I have I more did. I can say on that, but how about we save it for, uh, we'll do a little bonus Patreon clip. So we'll wrap things up here um, and do a little bonus segment for my patrons. For sure. Yeah? For sure. My, my internet connection is unstable, apparently. Well, so I caught whatever, whatever I caught the last bit of the dream work and like the connection thereof and, and bringing it into your reality later. And I, I do, I cat, I caught that. And I will say this, um, you should just use my headless rate to fix your internet. Like Allison. Uh, Allison Chikoski. Yeah. Isn't that, that what the yeah. headless rates for is for fixing Bro. internet in your dryers washer? Subject to me all demons so that every demon, whether heavenly or aerial or earthly or subterranean or terrestrial or aquatic, might be obedient to me and every enchantment and scourge versus from God. Of course I got to breathe on it, man. That's the Raha Kadosh. That's the prana. <laughs> so, so there we go. Maybe it's connected or maybe it just disconnected. <laughs> Well, so thank you for being on the podcast, Gary. It's been wonderful having you. Um, uh, people, if they want to find you, can find you at the gym, pumping iron. Um, <laughs> uh, you, you don't have like, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not uh, if you, I don't know if you sell anything or pro promoting products, you're welcome to, to let them know. Pretend you just ate a bunch of spicy hot wings. No, no. Um, I do have a... Um a YouTube page that I'm doing that I'm trying to work on more. It's thought or said on uh, nutrition and just like, you want to say that uh, more clearly, like right, loud and clear for people. Yeah. Hold on. Because I haven't worked with that page in a while. I do plan on doing a lot more with that page. Wait, I'll just link so, it below. I'll just link it below. But uh, okay. yeah, yeah. It's getting on. So uh, thanks for being here. Uh, we'll do a, this is a, we'll do a little Patreon section now, but this has been awesome, man. Um, fucking a, and everyone, sure. thanks for listening. Please uh, check out, you know, uh, you know what, what? I don't have a spiel. I'm so bad at the spiel. Um, <laughs> follow on Spotify. Give me a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, subscribe to HermeticPodcast.com for tons of bonus and ad-free content. Find me on Patreon slash 
Hermetic Podcast. And uh, um, yeah, see you on Patreon. Thanks. Um, all right. Abracadabra. Abracadabra. <laughs> <laughs>